0: The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live.
4: You can paint this with purple.
0: Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock.
3: Hello and welcome to a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Rock here with you inside the Pirate Radio studios, coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930. We are online, pr927fm.com, and you can watch the program on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed to Pirate Radio TV on youtube and see all of our videos including this show the brian bailey show which debuted uh its fall debut earlier today at noon you can catch that also all of our post practice interviews mike houston a lot of the pirate players talked earlier today you can find those on youtube as well at pirate radio TV. All right, coming up on today's show, we're we'll on through the guest list real quick. we got the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, joining us a little later on this hour to talk about what's going on in the world of sports from a gambling perspective. Billy Weaver will join us to talk some pirate football, some NASCAR, and more. Steven Igo, fresh off the ECU practice fields, will be here at 4.30 and at 5.30 uh, for the first time. We'll have Ron Cook on the show. He is the new head football coach at Farmville Central, former Virginia Tech Hokie. Played against the Pirates in that Thursday night game where Michael Vick and the Hokies came to town to face David Garrard. Big game atmosphere and the Hokies Troy D you might remember that one I uh, took it to the Pirates I on that Thursday that night yeah, on ESPN unfortunately uh Troy D is here to kick off today's show Shirley Roach Chandler Honeycutt Glenn Griffin and Eric Gullickson from WITN Sports making his Pirate Radio debut as we'll uh, get to know him as well Eric how you doing man
5: good thanks for having me on guys
3: yeah thank you uh for coming on the show today we'll talk some sports with you in a moment but the new guy he is the new guy in town yeah uh but it's tuesday it's not a troy d day this is like when vince mcmahon shows up on raw something's going on right clip rock something's happening
6: this is not a normal this is not a normal appearance time for me troy why are you here uh, i gotta tell you i getting fired no you're good all right absolutely uh absolutely not i should say no no one's getting fired not it's even Glenn? Are no. you sure you don't want to fire Glenn? No. All right. And if I did, I would not do it on the air. <laughs> it's not my style. It's okay. me. <laughs> now, surely I would do on the air. <laughs> Just make a big deal yeah. out of that. Yeah, because it would be great programming. All right. <laughs> right. Nobody's getting <laughs> fired. No, nobody's getting fired. But I am. I am fired up to talk about this clip, rock. Wow. Uh, I, King of the I, tell you what, I cannot wait to spill the beans on all of this because we have been working hard on something. That we have never done before. What I can tell you right now is we are going to make this huge, big announcement. Huge, big. Huge, big. I wasn't sure whether to go huge or big. You always go huge. I know. So I went huge, big. Got to shake it up a little bit. Wednesday, August 11th, at noon, beginning at noon. This announcement's so big, it might take us an hour to make it clip. Hmm. So we're going to do it on our social media pirate radio facebook pirate radio twitter pirate radio instagram if you want to be the first to hear about it wednesday august 11th at noon on all our social media platforms we're going to make this announcement all i say is this we have never done this before so this isn't like something oh we're overhyping and we're just rehashing or some bs announcement like other radio stations do this is a legit Big time. Or like you, do, you have Announce done in the man. past. Stop that, clip Rock. <laughs> Never overhype something. Never. That's John. Uh, your DNA. No. Was that supposed to be funny? Yeah. Yes. Was that supposed to be funny? Yeah. Um, this is going to be special, and you know it's going to be special. You know it. I do know. It. I know. And I can't wait to talk about I it. I don't really like talking about things that I, I can't talk about. I know, but I had to promote that we're going to be announcing it at noon, and then I'll be back tomorrow at 3, and we can talk about it what this means in detail. It is. For, not just for Pirate Radio, but for our listeners. Can we even throw him? This is this is it's, not about. Can we say it's football related? Me or you? This is about our listeners and viewers. Can we say it's football related? Um, yes. Okay. That's as far as I'll go. It's football related. All right. That's it. Don't prod me anymore. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know it. me. Stop asking. So quit asking. Will it impact our football coverage? Um, I'm not answering any more questions at this time. I appreciate it. You wanting to ask questions, but we will answer all of these. I think
3: the list, yeah, the list. Tomorrow at three, but we're
6: going to announce the announcement Wednesday at noon on social media.
3: This is an announcement to announce that we have an announcement. Correct. Okay.
6: This we have major news to share. We're going to begin that news Wednesday at noon, and we just don't want to spring the news on you. We wanted to spring the news that we've got big news for you, and this is big news. Once again, this is something. Once again pirate radio in the history of pirate radio we're going into year 19 we've never done this before and it's going to be big and i think people are going to love it
3: eric we're giving you your own show (laughs) sight unseen (laughs) <laughs> He's just seeing the before. look on his face, like I what
6: know. the hell? Oh no!
3: <laughs> I thought maybe
5: they were talking about you know you demonstrating the football skills. They're taking you to the next level, Clip.
3: Ah, uh, nah, it's not gonna. It's uh, it's huge news. It is. Clip's more news.
6: of a basketball guy. If he was gonna go to the next level athletically, I can uh, I can shoot the J. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Although, so, have we ever put you on the offensive line? Uh, We've not. Yeah. I mean, you could potentially be a good lineman. So could you i could yep thanks Bye.
3: wednesday august 11th uh,
6: at noon and as you said the news will be trickling out it starts at noon we, yeah. we should be done by one but uh we've got some exciting news <laughs> i think people are gonna be fired up about this all right there you go uh, i know this we are fired up about it we're fired up. i'm fired up about it yeah and i think you're gonna be excited yes it's gonna be cool I can't wait to talk Excite about time. it. Excitement time. Excitement time. Very much so. Very cool, fun, exciting, big news. All right. Huge big. Yeah. You very good. Way to go, Thank Eric. You.
3: Eric's on board. Yeah. No, you catch He doesn't even now. know what it is, but he knows it's yeah. huge big.
6: I bet you'll be tuned in. I'm excited yep. just listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be dialed up at noon on his social media account. Make sure you're following Pirate Radio, here. I will. All right. All After right. Am. We're good to go? I did say I got a uh, follow from you like the other day. I was like, who's this guy? And I was like, oh, it's the new guy from ITN." Did you follow him? Uh, I don't. Did I follow? You oh, that? that's I a think no. you did. What a jerk! I might have. I think I thought I did. I think you did. I was a little distraught. I was at the beach. I think when it happened, clip. So if I didn't, then I'll have to go back and do that.
3: Ten four. You can yeah. take that over there, I'm, I'm cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I gave Eric the courtesy DM like I do when every new sports guy comes to yeah. town. Yeah. That's And I nice. uh, wanted to get him on the show just to get to know him, him sure. to get to know us. Yeah. Uh, have the all, break bread, yeah. olive branch, all those. Well, creatures. I know
6: not, this is the first time we've met. Yeah.
3: Like yes. literally on air. This
6: is the first, time I, the first time I've met someone on air. It's kind of new. Huh. Like, it's never, like a like blind interview. This is, yeah. It's like a blind date <laughs> on air. It's going to be a new game show. I did send you two together <laughs> yeah. so y'all can get to know each other. <laughs> Come meet Troy D. Lock him on the air. This is uh, a new uh, segment
3: we're doing every yeah. Tuesday, Troy.
6: Eric, so far so good. Oh, I'm, I'm like, You've let Troy talk news. the whole time.
3: You're doing a great I'm a, job. I'm a
6: big fan of yours already.
3: <laughs> that
6: Eric guy, he lets me talk a it's lot. He's great. Eric. Great segment clip. I'm glad we did this. Thanks for coming in, Eric. <laughs> I don't Tell know you what, if I should talk here. Let's uh, let's
3: do the rundown. Let, let's get to know Eric a little bit let's get before to know Eric. I would like to. We get to dive Eric. into ECU. We got college football to talk about. Who is Eric? Who is Eric? Eric, who are you? Well, I'm the new sports
5: guy at WITN, but I I moved here from Bangor, Maine. I've been there for the last eight years. Uh, I was covering my alma mater. I went to the University of Maine, so that was a pretty sweet thing to get to do. Black Bears? Black Bears. And uh, Originally from Minnesota, worked in a couple markets in Minnesota before moving back to Maine.
6: How long have you been at WITN now?
5: Uh, It'll be a month on the 12th. Okay.
3: You are drinking from a fire hose right now because you've got ECU football, you've got high school football. I saw you yesterday at the Big Carolina 3A, 4A media days and you were not only like we've been around a while so we want to know how the teams are doing. You're trying to get to know the coaches and the schools at this point.
5: It was was a good chance though. I mean, they were all there. They were all really pretty receptive to that. Um, Unfortunately, some of it was done during our interviews so you guys were getting the highs and lows of I remember back when in nineteen ninety seven you <laughs> took this team to the yeah. state game and I, I was like, Hey, how do you spell your name again? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's a challenging time to, to go into a new market. But what is uh what, what are your, your favorite sports to cover?
5: I love football. Yeah. For for news side, covering football is tops, but I've always been a big baseball guy ever since I was a little kid and played baseball when I was younger and Never really lost that bug. So it's one of the hardest things to cover, I think, for television purposes, just shooting and you know, the games are long and but I love it. I love being out there. I love the atmospheres of both both those sports. Uh favorite teams? So I've lived in New England a long time. So I'm a big New England fan. A lot of people shake their heads when I tell them I like the Patriots and the you have a reason but i guess i i I do i I lived there before and then moved back so i guess i've been in maine probably i don't know 15 years of my life and uh saw a lot of winning saw a lot of winning yeah
3: uh troy any questions for eric
6: um is it just you right now i know a lot of people are wondering about the sports department at witn because tyler fillman uh left also so are you like a one-man band
5: right now it's just me doing sports and Uh. they're trying to kind of Change the way that we do it with more of a feature-based mentality than highlights, 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 highlights. Yeah. Do, do more uh, people stories that maybe, uh, as my old boss used to put it, like his his mother, who was in her 80s or 90s, could watch and be interested in. So try to,
6: try to do that side of sports. Yeah. How do you like, you know, the industry's constantly changing stuff, especially the TV industry. How do you like that adjustment? It's a lot to go
5: into what we were just saying where i'm meeting people at the football thing but also asking them hey do you do you have somebody that is on the you know singing choir that just won the nationals and also is the best football player around or you know stuff like that um but i just like meeting people it's it's really a lot of people are really interesting and maybe me coming in with that that I don't know anyone I can ask a lot yeah. of
3: questions. Do a lot of
6: human interest kind of stories. Get that stuff. Looking at You'll
3: again. be getting to know them the same time the TV audience is getting to know them. So. <laughs> everybody yeah everybody's gonna be uh introduced to one another uh, Eric Gullickson joining us when I go to the sports yeah tournament. let's do the rundown uh well Eric do you know anything about East Carolina uh, before you got here into town
5: I, I I remember some very very good football teams because I watched college I watched when I had it before doing sports on TV I could actually watch football a good point uh, so yeah. I, I watched a lot of college football and I remember some very very good teams and seeing them on Saturday afternoons it, it is
6: hard to be a fan and enjoy Football when you're working a game, you know it's it's kind of like if you have a favorite restaurant you eat at, but then you become a server at that restaurant. It takes some of the luster off, you know, when you're behind the scenes when you're working, you can't enjoy it as much.
5: I did get the opportunity with one of our promo shoots to go up in the tower at at the stadium, and yeah. we could see down, and I was just kind of imagining what that's like in a in a full house, and I think that's going to be really cool because the school I'm coming from. We get ten or 12,000 people at a game, and that was really good. But in comparison, that's pretty small. <laughs> What's What was the school called? University of Maine. Oh, okay. You know, the
3: state yeah. up there at the top?
5: Yeah. Yeah, yeah they play in the FCS. FCS, and they play with Elon and uh, James oh. Madison, ironically. All right, terrific so. question for Clip Rock. What's their nickname?
3: Wow. Don't uh, help him. I, Troy, I said it literally five, six minutes ago. Yeah. Black Bears. Is it? It is. Oh, wow. Okay. You okay?
6: No, I forgot. We've already done this part of the show. <laughs> I know, but I forgot. He was, was still excited about
3: the big, big, <laughs> huge generic. An it's
6: a huge, big announcement. Let's get it right. The, the main black bears. Yeah, Troy D. The black bears. Yep. Yeah. Wow. You I think still he's bla- been
2: around Chandler a little, I know, little too yeah, long. Do you, black, do you have black bear
6: gear? I do have lots of
5: what
2: is Is
6: it like a big gear. bear
5: on it? It is. A grumpy looking bear on wow. the front. See, yeah, this is how fortunate
6: we are to be pirates here. Yeah. See, sometimes you take it for granted. Yeah. Pirates are a lot cooler than I'm sorry than Black Bears. Pirates are pretty sweet. Yeah, I will say. No, that. I am a Chicago Bears fan, and they have a lot of cool gear there. But They're Black Bears sound a little different. You guys have a Brown Bear, though, right? We are yeah, Chicago we Brown Bears. Yeah. Uh, if that doesn't sound as good, it's just the Bears.
3: You guys are what y'all good at hockey? Yeah, they they haven't like the been for bean a while. Pot, yeah, whatever. What, what am no, I thinking about? No, they don't about? play in
5: the Bean Pot. But Who's that? That's uh Boston? All the Boston schools. Okay, it's
3: BCBU, okay. Northeastern, and go. Harvard. Schools. See, I tried to.
6: Yeah, I picture Maine as like big uh, cornhole-like champions up there. I would.
5: I, I actually know a guy that makes the boards. See? He's a coach of the girls' basketball team. I just feel like at <laughs> Maine that's a popular activity. Team.
3: Interesting you've figured that one out. That's pretty neat. That's cool. All right, uh, ECU Fall Camp, Troy D., uh, another hot one out there today. Let's hear A-line. Mike Houston's opening comments, Shirley Rhodes, uh, earlier this afternoon.
7: A nice, uh, cool day for practice today. First day in full pads. Um you know, really, really pleased with a lot of things during practice. You know, we had, uh, we did have high temperatures uh, this morning. But it was it was a cooker out there with the humidity um, and in full pads and, you know, the energy up. Um, but I tell you, the kids didn't disappoint. Uh, started off with a, uh, a live goal line, 11-on-11 drill. Uh, and, uh, you know, I thought for the first day, live contact in that situation, that area of the field. I thought we executed, you know, pretty clean down there. You just worry. I mean, first day of contact, a lot of times you see some sloppy stuff, uh, but I thought that was a very clean drill. And, uh, you know, good good inside run period for the first day. Uh, and then I thought they really pushed through and finished practice very strong. Had a good, uh, you know, field goal work at the end and a pretty, uh, you know, pretty, uh, you know, high energy team period at the end. So, you know, good first day in pads.
3: We got some great pictures, video uh, on our social media sites. Glenn Griffin, Jenny Shelton doing a great job covering fall camp thus far and uh, Troy first day of pads uh, they were popping out there today. yeah they've had
6: you know camps only been going on so long they've had a little variety of everything I saw the other day I think it was this weekend it was raining out there which is good they stayed. you know they didn't go in some teams go in when it starts raining that you might have to play a game in the rain it wasn't lightning So they stayed out there, made for some great visuals. The uh, pictures on the rain looked really cool. If you haven't seen those, once again, that's on our uh, social media pages. But uh, today was the heat. It did, you know, this was the, not just regular heat, the humidity was back today. And this is kind of the dog days of August, as they used to call them. And this is good practice for football. This is football weather right here. This
3: uh, you could be feeling this uh, September 11th. Could when be. South Carolina comes to town at noon. I think you
6: will be. Yeah. And it, for whatever reason, you know those noon kickoffs, especially to start of the season, it will be hot as Hades in dowdy ficklin Stadium. I call it, Eric. I, you know you're not used to this because you're from Maine. But when you can sit in the stadium, it's one thing like if you're working outside and you have an outdoor job or you're with the landscape crew, you're going to get sweaty, right? You're, I mean, you're doing stuff outside. When you're just sitting in the stadium and you're not doing anything, but you're just sitting still watching a football game and your shins begin to sweat, I call it that's a shin sweat game. You know, it's hot. A shin sweater. When you have a yeah. shin sweat game, it is freaking hot out there. And I'm telling you, we are good for two or three shin sweat games a year. Shin get, sweat. Get yourself yeah. ready. I'm ready yeah. for shin when you're, sweat. When you're, <laughs> sh- I'm not your chin. Shin. shin. You know what? Hey, I want to explain that your shin in, on your leg, the front of your leg, kids that haven't studied anatomy yet, uh, anatomy yet, the front of your you know leg, lower b- beneath your knee and above your foot is your shin.
8: Mm-hmm.
6: When that's and there's not a lot of meat on your shin. Mm-hmm. Even like. Even if you're a beefier guy, your shin's pretty thin, you know? It's not like an area that sweats a lot. Really going into detail here. But when your shin sweats, it's hot. And it's going to sweat a lot. September the 11th. 11th. Nooner,
3: South Carolina. Get ready. Hopefully your shins will be nice and dry on uh, the opener September 2nd, Troy Dean. hope so. That is a night game, 730 kickoff. Could still be a little swampy down there in Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, for the first half especially. Uh, man, I saw a uh, tweet last night and thought about you, Troy. Last night was the uh, it was the last time the sun will set after 8 p.m. Oh, in New York, this.
6: because every day is getting shorter and shorter. Yeah, I know. I've tried not to think about it because it's still summertime, and these people that want to end summer because school's starting back. I don't care. If school's starting back. It's still summertime. Let's not pack up the summer bags just yet. It is still summer, and in fact, you get summer heat through September. So let's just slow the roll on packing up summer, everybody. Summer's still here.
3: I mean, Troy, your summer ends when you say it
6: ends. That's true. It has nothing to do with anyone else. Don't let anybody tell you. I know, but I just saw some people trying, oh, summer's over, back to school. I was in, where was I the other day? Oh, freaking Sam's Club. I was at Sam's Club this weekend. You know what they have out in Sam's Club? Halloween. Halloween decorations, freaking candy. The whole nine yards. I'm like, it's, it's, it, this was like in July still. It was like last week. I was like, it's July and they got freaking Halloween out at Sam's Club. Calm down, Walmart. As long as there's shin sweat
3: games, <laughs> it's
8: it still is summertime. Still summer. Right. Yes, there we go. That's
6: exactly right, Eric. That's how Troy determines the it's, seasons. He looks down at his shins. Until, until I can't wear shorts and flip flops, it's summertime. Yeah. So we're riding this thing into November. At least. I know, but I hate that the days do get shorter. I love a long day. Yeah. Like light wise. I love how it stays light till like eight forty five, you know.
3: You ever thought of moving to the Pacific time zone just to
6: God you know that I had never thought about that. Yeah. I have a relatives that live out there. Does it stay lighter later out there?
3: Well I'm just saying it's it's all relative. Things because... are yeah, your sports are earlier, so you have like more time in the day to do other stuff. Yeah. Just, I don't know.
6: Pros and cons.
3: Maybe as the uh as we get closer to winter, you just keep moving to the west. I was
6: thinking moving south.
3: Yeah, well, you could you could be like a duck, I guess, yeah. fly
6: south. Yeah. I would love like, yeah, just the months that kind of suck, you know, yeah. that are cold, December, January, February. If you just got rid of those months of the calendar year. Oh, yeah, you won't like I'd be a fine. Uh, I'd want to go from October to like March. Some sort of 3-month coma type thing, yes. like a pill. Yeah, or we could just skip those 3 months. Like well, we have a 9-month year and we lose the cold months.
3: Yeah, but I don't, just because you take the words away, they're still going to have cold Right, problems. right. Well,
6: I'm just saying you'd have to take the weather with it. Yeah. Like, if you could just, yeah, get fa- fast forward through it. We're kind of
3: talking like yeah. otherworldly God-type yeah. beings. Coma? Too. I don't know. Yeah. I work. mean
6: That would obviously <laughs> be more It's a realistic. little more realistic, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the right medical professional. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. So, there's your power Football update, yeah. Eric. I hope you learned a <laughs> it's lot. Hot. I yeah, did. Yeah. It yeah. is. Uh, we'll have more from Mike Houston. We'll hear from... Uh, Blake uh, Harrell also Keaton Mitchell and Rajay Harris, Fernando Frag, Xavier Smith later on in the show when we talk to Igo Uh, Troy, the coach's poll is out guess who's uh, in the top 10, guess who's overrated again overrated Uh, well it might be no, it's still not justified.
6: Florida State uh don't tell me UNC is in the top. North Carolina, of course they Come are. Come on.
3: They're ranking the top twenty five every Stop year. Stop it. Top ten this year. Are you serious? Num- top ten? Number nine in the coaches poll. Wow. Wow. Now they do have the quarterback who could be the best in college football, according to some. Mac is back. The recruiting's been up, but every year yeah. they are overvalued, and this year they are
6: ninth in yeah. America. How about Cincinnati? Pretty strong for the uh, Americans. Coming in
3: at 10, I mean do you think that's fair? They're behind of course the big boys with Bama, Clemson Oklahoma, Ohio State, that's your top four Georgia A&M, Notre Dame Iowa State's coming off a great year, coach stays, so they have a reason to be that high Yeah. Honestly, the only one I have a problem with is North Carolina Right. Cincinnati uh, coming in
6: at 10. Yeah, and look that's about as good as Cincinnati can hope for not being unfortunately a power 5 school Preseason you know, wise, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Now they can earn their way as if they continue to win, they'll earn their way up.
3: So. And and if you're you're high enough at that spot if you lose the game, you're probably out of the whole thing. Probably. But you, they play at Indiana, at Notre Dame, Troy it's a tough D, schedule. Back to back. That is, you win those games, though, you're top three easily. Yeah.
6: Uh, well, depends who loses in front of you still. But y- you are a legit team if you start this season 4-0 right yeah. there. And then you get into conference play. Hey, and don't sleep on uh, Miami, Ohio for their opener. All right. The Redbirds are always kind of a little bit tough. Is that Maction? It is. Yeah, my you never cousin, know what's My happen. cousin went to Miami, Ohio red hawks red hawks what yeah. i say red birds yeah, yeah. they used I, to be well they used to be they had to change red team. they used to be redskins redskins yeah yeah and they changed it that's right red hawks they're mm-hmm. well my name of ohio football team will your team change it to the red hawks uh i would like to go red wolves i would
3: be fine with staying in washington football team but if you're gonna make the change I did,
6: I did think about this i was like what about the washington reds and i was like um ah, someone's got the reds already
3: yeah, but Cincinnati. somebody's got the Eagles. Somebody's got the Bears. They
6: could come up with a different logo and be the Reds. Yeah. What do you think about that?
3: Washington Reds? Yeah.
6: Nah. Okay. No, I mean, I don't, I don't mind it. I was just curious. It. I was just throwing it out there. I don't right.
3: mind it, but what is it? I, I don't it's know. Really just what are the Cincinnati color? Reds? I don't it's know. a
5: weird guy with a baseball for a head. That's all I know.
3: Yeah. Mr. Uh, well, he's Mr. not Red, Mr. Med. Right? He's Mr. Red, I Mr. guess. Mr. Red. Yeah. Throw a mustache on him, whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't hate it, but
6: I don't think they'll go with it. Yeah, but I mean, you think about like I—I I don't mind the Washington football team.
3: I don't either. It's I versus, think it's, it's I mean, unique.
6: Because I was thinking about other like team names and logos and stuff. And you think about once you you hear them so often, sometimes you don't even think about them. Like the like the Chicago White Sox. Like it sounds normal, but then you start thinking about this team's named after a white sock.
3: Do you like when I tweeted that? Oh, did you? Yeah, I think we talked about it too. Oh, we
6: did. <laughs> but you can take the, uh, the, or, the, the you joke know, or, or Boston. They're a Red Sox, and we just accept it. Yeah, like why is your team named after a Red Sox? Yeah,
3: it makes no sense at all. If somebody did that today, they'd be crucified. they'd be absolutely blasted. Oh, torched. but right now, White Sox and Red Sox, we say it like it's absolutely normal. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Or like Black Bears. How crazy is that? Yeah. I'm just kidding.
6: That does sound it's, weird to me. No, that's a cool name. No, I don't I like know about that. I'm not down
3: with it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. How did we get here?
6: Oh, Miami of Ohio. Oh, yeah. That's how we got yeah. here. Don't sleep on them. Don't sleep on Miami of Ohio. Yeah. Troy D. Wow, South. Alabama first place uh, came in, in preseason. Who, who knew? You shocked? Sh- I'm shocked. Shocked about yeah. it. <laughs> totally. I wonder if Clemson made it this year. So, who... Uh,
3: out of these, Troy, Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State. A, who, that's the
6: problem with college football. It's the same every year.
3: Who has the? Uh, who's most likely to not be there at, at the, the end, end of the year?
6: Yeah. Uh, I don't know enough about you know uh, what Ohio State has this year, but out in Oklahoma too. Oklahoma it always comes down to their quarterback. Well, they have a great quarterback and Spencer Rattler. They yeah, do. I don't know.
3: That's a t- I
6: mean that's a tough call. Out of the four.
3: I take Alabama, it. Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State. Who's most likely to not be there at the end? I would have
5: to say Ohio State because of the they they have to win. If they don't win out, they don't. Big Ten doesn't get in.
3: You're saying Bama could lose one, maybe Clemson could lose one, still get in.
5: I think so, especially if North Carolina is as good as they say they
3: are. Yeah, they might still get in. Uh, We shall see. Coach's poll uh, came out today. Troy, the only other uh, non-Power 5, quote-unquote, schools to make the top 25, Louisiana
6: and Coastal Carolina. Look, you got to give Coastal Carolina credit. Uh, Top 25 to start the year. I mean, I'd love to see Coastal Carolina replaced with East Carolina in this top 25 before the end of the year.
3: And we'll take their uh, College World Series run, too, Yeah, for trace. These, these guys are living
6: our life. I know. <laughs> and they're won, at the beach. They, I know. They're at the beach. They won a College World Series. They're in the top 25 in football. Troy D's, Luke Damn, key. I wonder if I should transfer to Coastal Carolina. He's
3: jealous he's not a Chanticleer right now. <laughs>
6: Terrible nickname, though. <laughs> Terrible nickname.
3: Yeah. All right. Uh, you know, know how it, hard that
6: is to print on shirts? Yeah, and to uh, say.
3: Yeah. Uh, MLB playoff picture, we can... Uh, we can bypass this. Do you have a baseball team, Eric? That Red Sox team that you guys were just <laughs> Oh,
8: yeah. The Red about.
6: Sox. <laughs>
5: yeah.
3: That yeah. idiotic name, Red Sox. Uh, who have never been stick. floundering a little bit the second half of the season, right? Yeah, very confusing. Uh, amazing first half.
5: Hopefully getting Chris Sale back soon.
6: Oh, that's right. And the big lefty. Cubs trade everybody away. Yep. Will it pay off for them two years from now? Two, no. Probably more like
3: four. I think it'll take that long i mean we're how long has it taken the orioles here since their
6: rebuild yeah they've been rebuilding a while we're in the year three or four yeah uh they but have. it also depends who's doing the rebuilding and picking true yeah you, know, you gotta Maybe make the right choices the cubs did get two good
3: middle infielders in their deals uh one from the madrigal i believe his name i've heard his name a uh, lot nick madrigal because of mlb the show i bet your kids know who he is oh right? they
6: know they know all
3: these guys. <laughs> absolutely Former yeah.
9: top pick for the white Sox, who i actually was just about to mention maybe it's because I haven't watched that much Major League Baseball this year, but a team that is under you know is really killing it right now that I didn't realize until my roommate who's a White Sox fan the Chicago White Sox
3: they are, are 21 killing. games over 500 yeah. they are ten and a half games up in their division uh, they've been getting a
6: lot of national games lately on TV too right. they've been they were on ABC the other night they were on ESPN last night. I saw them last they, night.
3: By the way, Troy, I know you're not a huge baseball guy, but coming up Thursday, they're having the Field of Dreams game. I oh, I do want to see that, this. though. I think it's cool. They're I think in it's, a field in Iowa.
6: It's it's gimmicky, but I'm in. Yeah.
9: I watched they, Field of Dreams over the weekend. I believe it was Saturday I watched it on uh, MLB Network. you got to flip over Moonlight just
6: to Graham. see what it looks like. Yeah. We're now um, Fox, I believe. Fox at Thursday night? Yes. 8 o'clock? Mm, something around Who's there.
9: playing in it again? the white Sox and the yankees. yankees
6: oh yeah that'll be i'll tell you what that's kind of cool i wonder how many fans can attend they're wearing um, the,
9: they're, they're wearing the
3: old school, school the jerseys look cool um
6: is this something like they're only gonna have like 100 people in attendance
3: well they're it's more like a minor league park because the oh, okay. seats are behind and there's no seats beyond the fence because it is a field it's right. a couple of fields so it'll look like uh i'm trying to pull it up troy Yeah, so you'll have it looks like pretty good amount of seats behind, but again, but
6: still compared to a major league park, you're talking about maybe a thousand people that can be there.
3: You have nobody beyond the fence. You have no upper deck. So yeah,
6: that's pretty cool.
3: It's kind of like old school lights too. It's probably going to look different on TV.
6: Yeah, I like it. As I said, kind of gimmicky, but i mean I think it'll the ratings will probably be good for that.
3: Eric, uh, thanks for hanging out with us, man. Thanks for having me over. We'll uh, we'll get you back on to talk more sports with you, but. uh, you are uh, handling sports at WITN. Anything else we need to know about you? Anything to plug?
5: We're just going to go as hard as we can and do the best we can to meet everyone and get some great stories out there on people.
3: Good stuff. Eric Gullickson joining us for the first time nice here meeting you, man. on Pirate nice, Radio Live. Too. Troy D., big announcement big coming announcement. up noon,
6: huge Wednesday. Social media. So it's coming up on Pirate Radio social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Starting at noon, we'll be making that announcement. We'll be back here i'll be back here with you clip at three what talking about it what it means what uh that means for our listeners and why we are doing it and the ramifications of this big positive announcement once again charting new ground something we've never done before first time ever first time ever here with pirate radio in 19 seasons we will talk about it tomorrow, and we will release that information at high noon on social media.
3: All right. Sounds good. We'll uh, we'll see you tomorrow at 3, at Troy D. Take a time out. Come back a lot more. Pirate Radio Live to go here on a Tuesday. Back with you after this.
0: You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show.
2: Welcome back. Are you in outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential? Copy Pro has been in Eastern North Carolina for over 45 years and continues to grow each year, and they are in need of more sales professionals with a desire to potentially make a six-figure income. Do you have what it takes? Visit copypro.net today to submit your resume and to learn more. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock.
3: Ah, back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. The Brian Bailey Show is Bike! Double B talked to Andy two Nate Connor, and Will Bland earlier today, three high school football head coaches from Pitt county and the big uh, carolina they're from the big carolina named by brian bailey um you can hear that at six we will talk some high school football uh shirley's farmville central jaguars have a new coach ron cook and uh, got that interview coming your way later on in today's show uh, expected to talk some aiden grifton football tomorrow with todd leip head coach uh for the chargers so getting you ready for the upcoming high school season for uh teams around the area gotta get perry owens on the show yes gotta put some ranch on it gotta do that uh Y'all i guess next week
2: because
3: i will not be here thursday or friday or monday
2: eat your words
3: uh, <laughs> put some ranch
2: Tell me on Eat words,
3: it. It. man what a what a classic interview that we might have to hit the whole thing uh, soon i need to hear it again all right so uh sure let's hear some mike houston day one of full pads did anyone rise to the occasion out there today in full pads
7: i think a lot of people did i mean it's yeah, you know, one that kind of stood out to me was uh you know down there in the uh, uh inside run period you know which is a deal where you know the offense can't throw it it's it's a between the tackles kind of deal so i mean it's you know, it's, there ain't a whole lot of run room right there. And uh, Shane Calhoun, we had an ISO play. He's the lead blocker and really had a big, big block on one of our big inside linebackers, you know, to pop, uh, you know, I think it was Keaton or Rajay One, you know, pop one of those guys free. And, you know, that's a block a year ago I don't think Shane could have made. And that's a block a lot of guys, uh, a lot of tight ends can't make uh, because it takes athleticism to be able to, you know, block, go up against a guy that has pretty good athletic ability, and then it takes some physicality against, you know, the guys that are the size of our linebackers. So, you know, lots of guys like that today that I thought did some good things. I thought Pop McKay, uh, you know, showed some uh, of what, you know, he has down there in that uh, goal line period. Uh, he should have been hit for a, a loss uh, when the second uh, offense is going against the second defense, and he was able to break the tackle on the backfield and gain positive yardage. You know, sometimes that doesn't stand out to fans in the stands, but that's, a minus two play turns into a plus three play. That's a five-yard difference, you know, inside the 10-yard line. So, you know, lots of positives.
3: Mike Houston on today's first full pads day uh, for ECU this fall camp. Coach Houston uh, talked about Shane Calhoun uh, blocking there for at the tight end position. How about the O-line? How have they looked so far?
7: I thought I had a good day today. You know, that's, that's what I was talking about when I said that the uh, goal line period was so clean is, you know, you didn't have any false starts. Um, I thought, you know, really good execution, I thought the level of contact was really good at the line of scrimmage, and so I'm pleased with that for the first day. You know, it's, sometimes that can be a little sloppy, so I think you're, you're seeing the experience, you're seeing all the hard work that those guys have put in, uh, and certainly that's a group that, uh, that we knew we had to improve, you know, when we got here in 19, and, and they, have, they have you know really worked hard to bring that group along to where now I think it's, it's something that can be a strength of our program.
3: Mike Houston there on the offensive line. Coach, did the uh, guys acclimate to the heat and to the first day of hitting well?
7: Well, I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that they they embraced that. I mean, I don't think this is a a team that's, you know, a a soft football team. Um, You know, they're they're a bunch that's going to play physical. Now, it's it's the thing, like we talked about, you know, I will go look at the film on that uh, goal line period, but we've got to be able to play physical and play, uh, you know, effectively. You know, executing. Uh, not making mistakes, not having a mental busts, and so the challenge is, you know, moving on after the first day of live contact to where tomorrow, you know, it's the second day, okay, and you're back out there, and then the next day it's the third day, and then you know you got Friday and we got scrimmage Saturday. It's you're know, stacking those days together because, you know, this is the week in camp where I promise you we all forget what day it is. I mean, you, you know, you go to bed at night, you you, you go in the house and go to bed, you you wake back up, I leave. And and you get back here and it's dark when you leave. It's dark when you get here. Same thing for the kids. And then you, well, what day is it? You have no idea. If it could be Saturday, it could be Tuesday. Who knows? And so that part of camp is really the challenge of keeping our mentality and keeping our focus and keeping our motivation day in and day out. And that's where I've got to do a good job of making sure we take care of them. You know, getting get enough rest, getting enough hydration. Uh, you know, being smart on what we do day in and day out. But at the same time. You know, we've really got to push ourselves right now because this is what prepares you for that, you know, tie ball game, close ball game, fourth quarter, you know, hot September ball game, you know, where you've got to play through that mental fatigue late in the ball game.
3: And finally, Coach Houston was asked what the uh, rest of the week looks like as far as the schedule goes.
7: Well, you know, scrimmage Friday or scrimmage Saturday, probably you know, maybe a touch lighter on Friday, um, you know, from a load standpoint. Um, you know, probably have one more, you know, pretty heavy day either tomorrow or um, Wednesday, and then the other be kind of a medium load day. And it's something, something new that we're doing this preseason camp is just, you know, monitoring the load, you know, each day on the kids. Uh, you know, we've got a, a way to do that now. And so uh, just really want to make sure that we're fairly fresh on Saturday so we can see, you know, as much of a game simulation as we can here, you know, a week and a half, almost two weeks in camp.
3: There is Mike Houston. You can watch the entire video of his press conference on YouTube, Pirate Radio TV. You can find it there uh, and our other social media sites, Facebook. Uh, you can watch some as well, uh, including interviews uh, from yesterday with Donnie Kirkpatrick, Blake Harrell. Coming up later today, we'll hear from Keaton Mitchell and Rajay Harris, also Fernando Fry, Xavier Smith. We'll uh, talk all things Pirate Football Fall Camp with Stephen Igo. coming up later on in today's program. Let's take a time out. We'll come back. We'll talk uh, some football with Jeff Nadeau, the big man on campus. He'll join us to talk football from a gambling perspective. That's on the way to wrap up our number one here on Pirate Radio. Live, we're back with you after this.
0: You're listening to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back.
2: You've worked hard to start your business and are working even harder to make it successful, and that's why it's important to have a bank in your corner when you need them. As the business world throws you curveballs, Select Bank & Trust is here to be responsive to your needs. Select Bank's team of local bankers can make local decisions and cares about you, the customer. Get the business services that are right for your business today with Select Bank and Trust. Bank Local, Bank Select. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock.
3: Still to come on today's show, we will talk All Things Sports with Billy Weaver coming up at four o'clock. Stephen Igo joins us at four thirty and Ron Cook, the Head football coach of the Farmville Central Jaguars will be on at around 5.30 today, so still a lot to go. We'll make you a winner with a giveaway and uh, roll on here on a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live right now. We'll head out to the Fixed NC Live line and visit with the BMOC, the big man on campus, Jeff Dewey, joins us to talk about what's going on in the world of sports from a gambling perspective. Big man, how are you doing today?
10: Pretty good, Clip. How are you?
3: Hey, doing great. Uh, Enjoyed you on Barstool Sports Pick Central yesterday jeff and uh you gave out a winner on something we have uh i don't think discussed on this program is, and that was summer league and uh you gave out the 76ers and uh they were indeed a winner and basically you you kind of bolted down to looking at the rosters right who has guys that uh have a chance to play in the nba who is just kind of playing things out here in the summer league so is that something jeff you're going to get involved with uh, quite a bit you like anything else there Or was that a, a one-hit wonder
10: yeah, I generally get involved with it. I, I did it last year, last couple of years. Um, you know, I'll, I'll definitely kind of take a look at the rosters and, and kind of see kind of what makes sense. But, yeah, I mean, there are teams that just really aren't in positions to really, from a young guy's standpoint, go out and compete real a uh, high level just because of some of the trades they make. They just don't make a ton of picks, and you're picking guys off the, the, the free agent pool that, that don't get drafted. So, you know, when you look at a team like the Dallas Mavericks, that's kind of where they are after the Porzingis trade. So, they're kind of in a corner. They're fielding a roster that just isn't very good, and the Sixers are, are going to be one of the better teams in summer league because, you know, they have a good roster and guys that have competed and have played the next level.
3: Jeff Nadu joining us. Jeff, we are counting down the days until uh, football. East Carolina now twenty-three days away from kicking things off against Appalachian State. You've got week zero before that. Of course, you got preseason. Kicking up this week, following the Hall of Fame last week. Uh, before we dive into football, it, I guess, uh, Jeff, we need to talk a little soccer, too, uh, as far as Premier League, those other professional leagues. Will you be diving into that uh, coming up this weekend? Or is that next weekend?
10: Uh, for me, I, I don't know about Premier League jumping in right away. Premier League was something that, at least last year, I did really a lot more in Serie A. That was kind of my main league. You yeah. know, I think, Clip, sadly, it's just – there's just so much going on sometimes, it's not easy to, to, to cap everything, so I kind of try to just find some things that I'm particularly strong with, and, and one of those is Syria. so I'll kind of probably be waiting until the 21st. I'll be watching, you know, I'll be making spot plays maybe occasionally, but for me, I'm waiting on Syria 21st.
3: I, you know, I know enough about soccer to get involved uh, internationally, but... Uh, the Messi to PSG move, Jeff, what does that mean for the world of soccer? Like how big overwhelming favorites are they not only for their league, but, you know, for, for champions league next year?
10: Well, I mean, obviously, you know, from a standpoint of popularity, I mean, Leo Messi is, uh, you know, I I think on the live stream they had, I mean, it it was incredible how many people were watching it. Um, You know, obviously they're a team that on the, the main stage has been around, but they've never had enough to put them over the top. You know, it's interesting with, with them because I don't think goal scoring is a problem for PSG. It's, it's Can they get enough uh, stops at the back and, and defend and have the goalkeeping? But obviously a guy like Leo Messi helps your team, and, and they're going to be vaulted into the conversation. Um, but, but they need to do some other things as well in the defense and, and things like that. So yeah, obviously it's huge. You know, moving to Paris, a huge city, and, and the fan base will, will be obviously huge around him. He's going to make a whole hell of a lot of money, but that's kind of where he is. He's one of the most popular athletes on the face of the planet.
3: Jeff dude, joining us. Jeff, the uh, first poll is out for college football. And uh, I saw that Cincinnati uh, lands in the 10 spot. I was wondering where they would land preseason. Because if you start outside the top 25, even if you start in the 20s, high teens, it's tough to jump up and get into that top 10, top 5. They start them at 10. So if they win out, you know, they, they can move up in the rankings. I don't know how much, how high they can realistically go, but they start out 10th, one spot behind North Carolina, and I have joked over the years that North Carolina's always overrated heading into every season. There's reason to be excited, I guess, if you're a Tar Heel fan with Mac Brown and, of course, Sam Howe, but did you look at the rankings at all, Jeff, uh, today when they came out?
10: You know, I haven't. I, I've always thought with rankings, like, they're not really too, too important with what I'm doing. Um, you know, obviously, you have kind of a pecking order, but you know, I, I kind of just look into these, but we kind of know, I think, who's at the top of the, the, the game with with teams. As far as North Carolina's um, talking about, look, they have a great quarterback. Sam Howell at the next level is going to be terrific. He's going to be the he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the country this year. They did lose some talent. I mean, you lose guys like De'Ami Brown and Michael Carter and, and some other guys, but they have a talented group coming up, including Brown's brother. I think the skill position is going to be terrific. Ty Chandler comes back from – Tendency, I mean, in running back, this is going to be a good offense. The big question for them is, defensively, can they get enough stops, and can they beat Clemson? You know, that that's obviously, you know, in, in you know, can they get a high bowl? Sure, but you know, to to be a team that that's a top five, top three team, you got to go and beat some teams. Do they have the ability to, to do that? And I'm not so sure. Um, and they don't play Clemson in the regular season, so they'll see them in the um, in the ACC title or, or attempt to see them in the ACC title. We'll see what happens. I think they're good. I don't know if they're great. Defensively, I'm not sure just yet. Uh, I do think the cornerback group is pretty good, though, and that could hold their own. Um, back in the back,
3: Jeff. Uh, a weird year last year. Cincinnati, the only team uh, other than the Bearcats in the top twenty-five from a quote-unquote group of five conference, uh, go to the Fun Belt. Louisiana, twenty-third. Coastal Carolina, 24, 24th. So they're living off what they were able to do a year ago. Jeff, have you dove into these guys? Like, are they are they good enough to have back-to-back good seasons? That seems to be the problem with a lot of these. Uh, up-and-coming schools they have one great year you know a coach leaves a star player leaves and they're unable to replicate it can can that happen for for those two teams in particular
10: yeah i think coastal is going to be really good uh it's hard to envision they won't be i mean they bring back 11 10 out of 11 starters on defense the only guy they're going to lose is teron jackson who look was their best defensive player but all in all they bring back a really great group uh, offensively, Grayson McCall's back. Uh, offensively, they're going to score. You know, are they going to be as dynamic as they were last year? I, I think they can. I mean, they'll be favored in every game. Um, I definitely think, you know, I think they kind of have that App State run where, you know, for a couple of years, they're really, really good and, and they're a good G5 team. Uh, yeah, I think I think they're definitely a team that, that that will be one of the better G5 teams for sure.
3: Jeff, I'm going to throw out a, a few teams in the bottom half of the uh, the coaches poll that came out today. Who has an opportunity to climb into the, the top ten, the top five, maybe a college football playoff, which, of course, is very exclusive when you look at the heavyweights, Bama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State. But I'll just throw out some teams. You tell me who you like out of this group. Uh, we'll go with the uh, Wisconsin is 15th. Miami is 16th. Uh, Texas at 19. Penn State at 20. And uh and I'll even throw in let's throw in the Washington Huskies from the Pac twelve. Any of those teams could you see making a run in their league and and winning a conference championship and making some noise?
10: Yeah, I think um I think Wisconsin's obviously really intriguing. I mean, they always have uh just a star studded, you know, front seven and, and, and offensive line on offense quarterback Graham Mertz, who had some Due to those ridiculous protocols last year in the Big Ten, he was off for a while, kind of ruined their season. We know that offensively they're not going to do anything dazzling, but I think merch is really, really good. Uh, as far as Wisconsin's defense, I mean, this is a team that retained Jim Leonard. Um, they're going to be a top-level defensive team in the country, probably top ten. Um, I, um, I just love their coaching staff. I mean, Jim Leonard's great. They got Hank Potied in there now, a guy that can. Uh, Take care of their corners and their back end. I think they're going to be a great defensive team. I think they're more of a top 12, 13 team as opposed to towards 20. Um, you know, and that side of the Big Ten West is not uh, particularly strong. So, yeah, I, I think they would be the team that I'd be all in on. I like Chris. I kind of like the way they do things. They always have those good, strong kids up front and in the trenches. So, yeah, with Mertz, I think the sky's the limit for, for whiskey. I always uh, love them on defense, too.
3: Jeff Nadeau joining us. Jeff, uh, how closely are you following these training camps? And does your opinion change? Could your opinion change on a team as you watch preseason, as you follow practices? And I don't know. I just keep looking back to to Aaron Rodgers. And he's there. uh, You know, Devontae Adams is there, ready to go. Like, I don't know. Has your opinion changed on the Packers uh, since training camp began that they could be a factor uh, not only – of course, in that division, but in the NFC.
10: I mean, anytime Aaron Rodgers is is finally seemingly in a place where he can be a professional, and not that he would never be that, he always is, regardless of the situation, but yeah, offensively, they're going to be really good. They always are. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the in the, the, the league. Offensive lines, all of a sudden, I think pretty solid. I like the young guys. They have up front, John Runyon and Elderson Jenkins and Billy Turner. I think, you know, the depth they have is, is now there, and I think they protect him. Receivers are fine. I like their backfield. Uh, defense is, is strong, too. I love their cornerbacks. They're really young there as well. And you know, I think that's something where they're going to get a lot out of Rashawn Gary and, and Kenny Clark and the kids up front. In the back, they're they're really strong, too. I think they're definitely a, a competitor in the NFC now that everything seems to be okay with our friend Aaron Rodgers. And, and by the way, uh, their third string quarterback, I believe, is a Kurt Banker, yeah. I think
3: yeah Kurt Kurt, former pirate former Virginia Cavalier now uh playing with the Packers Jeff uh a a personal question for you fantasy related I uh I've kind of waited too long I'm doing a slow draft a text draft that began last weekend and we're we're doing about a round today uh but I got my other pieces in place I have Baker Mayfield as a keeper holdover and I kind of kept him as a backup, but I've waited too long on quarterback. So I'm going to throw out some options. You tell me who you think has the best numbers or the best chance to have the best numbers in 2021. Uh, Joe Burrow, Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan. Um, I think, and, and you know, you can throw in a Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, you can throw in uh let's see let's just start with those guys does any of those guys excite you Jalen Hurts is there too you know what does he do from a fantasy standpoint so add him in the mix do any of those guys you think have a a a good fantasy season in 2021
10: yeah I would look at Joe Burrow I I think he could be a really consistent quarterback I mean that depth chart is really good I mean there's going to be tons of kids that he can throw to now and you know whether it's Jamar Chase or Boyd or Higgins or or, or whoever uh, there's a you know joe mixon out of the back It's a stacked group i think their offensive line is a bit better than people think um and I, I actually kind of almost like it i don't think it's going to be terrible i think they'll protect him and he'll stay healthy if he stays healthy they're going to score points yeah um i think it's that simple kirk cousins this year i would avoid i think kirk cousins is concerning just because of the offense i don't think it's you know it's good it's more run driven though um and my thing with kurt is really or Kurt is really about the um off the field stuff he has been pretty much adamant that he is not going to get vaccinated i, I think at some point Kurt Cousins might be out of games due to his uh his, his decisions off the field. That's something that I think plays a part to me now and you know I don't know about everyone, but Kurt Cousins has made it a point to mention that he is not uh that he's not going to be vaccinated, and that's concerning just due to protocols. He may miss a game or two,
3: yeah. And I mean, it, it does come down to performance too. Because Lamar Jackson, it appears, is in that same boat, but uh, you're still going to draft Lamar Jackson, right?
10: Let me ask you though if you have, I mean, you're much more inclined to take a quarterback that says, Hey, like Jalen Hurts, if it's seen Jalen Hurts and Kirk Cousins. He's already come out and said he's not getting vaccinated. Jalen Hurts is.
3: I'll take the guy that's more likely to be on the field every Sunday. Yeah, if it's if it's almost even. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, Jeff Do joining us, host of the Sit Down podcast. You can check it out uh, for some great uh, mafia stories, uh, a history lesson on um, mafia, and uh, Jeff's doing that. Anything else, Jeff? Uh, we need to know about.
11: No,
10: I think that's it. Clip. Thanks as always for having me on, and uh, I'll talk to you later in the week. Jeff Nadeau
3: sounds good joining us here on the fixed NC live line let's take a time out we'll come back hour two of pirate radio live on the way Billy Weaver will join us Stephen and I go as well we'll have a full ECU fall camp report all that ahead on PRL here on a Tuesday we're back with you after this
0: Listening to hour two of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make one thousand dollars your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. Start now at Biomat USA on five hundred five South Memorial Drive. A better donor experience and better pay. Now back to the show.
2: Welcome back. Do you need custom T-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Well, keep it local. Uh, keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at UniversitySportswearENC.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio for 18 years. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Cliff Brock.
3: All righty. Preseason football getting underway on Thursday. Of course, the Hall of Fame game was last week. Chandler's Panthers play Sunday 1 o'clock on NFL Network against the Colts. The only game of the day. The headliner coming up on uh sunday I, at one how get, much are you
9: watching uh i'll i'll watch a good bit of it okay um maybe the whole game we'll see uh it being on a sunday at one o'clock i guess it'll get me ready for the regular season yeah it'll be good on, town you know, slot. one o'clock sundays
3: uh the washington football team will play the patriots coming up thursday night 7 30 on the nfl network billy weaver is a fellow washington football team fan he joins us today on pirate radio live weave how you doing today doing good man how are you hey doing great i saw that ron rivera said that uh start, some starters will be playing on thursday night this is interesting we we're all kind of going through this for the first time how will these coaches handle a three-week preseason? usually when it's four weeks you see your starters extended time in week three does that become week two uh now that there's only three weeks does it become never do, uh, you know the starters not see a lot of time at all it depends on how each team how each coach wants to handle it but it looks like at least we'll see a few series of the uh, redskins starters uh, or excuse I did it the washington football team starters coming up on uh Thursday night
12: yeah i think so and it's going to be interesting uh, to see how each individual coach um kind of attacks the preseason and then I would imagine after this season, coaches will start to fall in line. This is a copycat league, and always has been. Um, you know, coaches will kind of get together and talk about what they think is is the best way to go about it. And over the next couple years, as long as we stay with this three three game preseason, uh, pre-season uh, things will start to fall in line. Where even the fans will know exactly what. Ha- I mean, you know, that's how kind of how it was you know we knew with four games exactly what was going to happen your your third game was usually a lot of starters getting the most time then and then they would rest that week uh before the season started get a little bit of playing time in that game 4 but game 4 of the preseason was always about those guys on the fringe guys that maybe um were undrafted rookie free agents in camp and made you know, kind of an impact during camp, and the coaches wanted to get one last look at them or it was a chance for them to, you know, um, open some eyes from other teams uh, if they did get cut uh, to get a roster spot somewhere. So we kind of knew how that was going to go, and I would imagine, I I guess if I was a coach, I think for preseason game one, I would do it just like before. You know, you get your starters in for a series or two, uh, and then in, in game two, I think you you play your starters much more, maybe a couple quarters, maybe a half, uh, and then in game three go back to cutting back on the uh, the starters playing a whole lot and see you know if there's one or two guys left that are going to make the the 53-man roster. So I mean, that's just how I would go about it and how I would guess it was going to happen.
3: Yeah, and all starters aren't created equal either. We've I, I go back yeah. to spring training. And I'm watching the Braves and Ronald Acuna Jr. is diving headfirst into second to, to, you know, a hustle double. And I'm like, no, we don't need this in March. And, uh, you know, and I don't need to see Chase Young getting blocked and chopped uh, in in the uh, middle of the first quarter in a preseason game either. I think he's going to be good to go, you know.
12: I I agree wholeheartedly. And I think that goes back to my point that I was making about each individual coach kind of making their own – uh, kind of way in during the preseason because coaches they know the attitude of their players they know which players are going to go out there and you know are like a ronald lacuna jr and, and go out there and they're going to give it a 100 percent every time and as a coach you got to sometimes protect your players um you don't you know you don't want to pull back the reins on them and tell them to not go full speed or not be the type of player that they are in those scrimmage games, but you just limit their play um, so that you limit the time that they're out there and the possibility to get injured because, you know, that's the big thing about preseason. That's the thing that coaches don't like about the preseason, and especially players don't like about the preseason. You know, players have been moaning and griping and complaining, and rightfully so, about four preseason games, and, you know, It kind of goes back to that old Allen Iverson thing. Man, we're talking about
3: practice.
12: We're talking about practice. (laughs) Uh,
3: You know who else hates preseason, Billy? The fans that have to pay for it as part of their season ticket package.
12: Absolutely. (laughs) And that's the thing is because you're paying full price uh, for a preseason game that you're probably not going to go to. And if you want to go on – Uh, the dark web or whatever you want to go on the internet and sell your tickets, um, you're not getting anywhere near face value because they're just not valuable tickets. So yeah, the fans have been complaining about that for some time, and I think it's a good move to go to three Preseason games,
3: of course,
8: yeah.
12: on the back end is where the NFL is making all the money because they're adding regular season
3: games. That's right. Uh, always got to make that extra penny uh, if you are Daniel Snyder, the owners, uh, or the league itself. we've uh, The closer we get to the season, the more intrigued I get by the Carolina Panthers. And they, just like the Falcons, just like the Saints, are looking up uh, in that division to Tampa Bay. But it, you start looking around. Like Michael Thomas comes out yesterday with a cryptic – message on social media he's not happy he might be traded he's out to start the year because he had surgery late into the offseason the falcons seem to be on the last days of the matt ryan era the julio jones era is officially over as he is now a titan they're going to give up a million points this year and then you got carolina who their defense they addressed those needs in last year's draft uh, they certainly have weapons on offense with a healthy Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. Uh, the big question there is Sam Darnold. What is Sam Darnold? Is it what we saw in the erratic play with with the New York Jets, or is he a good quarterback that was in a bad situation? So I I could make a case where the Panthers finish like ten and seven. I could make a case where they finish, you know, five and twelve. Uh, I could see they have a uh a high floor, a high ceiling, however you want to call it, Billy. But uh, I don't know. What's your take on the 2021 Panthers?
12: Well, mine is the ceiling is the roof.
3: <laughs> Thank you, Michael.
12: <laughs> since, since you were just talking about the ceiling. Uh, you know, I agree. It, it's 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 going to be interesting to see offensively. Of course, all the big question mark is around Sam Darnold because we've seen in the NFL so many times where quarterbacks or, you know, other you know position players that were drafted high or – You know, that uh, just didn't work out somewhere else, that they go in and they get into a new environment. They get around a new group of guys, uh, a new group of coaches, and they flourish. And, you know, of course, Carolina Panther fans are hoping that's the case with Sam Darnold. And then also offensively, Christian McCaffrey, that is a huge question mark. Not because of his talent, obviously, uh, but can he stay healthy? And if Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy, if Sam Darnold can be a serviceable quarterback and he's got some talented players to get the football to, they can be good uh, offensively. They're getting better defensively. So I agree a hundred percent with you. This is a team that could be anywhere across the spectrum. Um, you know, you never know what you're going to get. And I think that it, it all has to do with staying healthy and, and the quarterback play, you know, if, if Sam Darnold goes out there, I don't think he has to light up the world. He doesn't because there's talent around him, um, especially when you've got a guy the caliber of of uh, Christian McCaffrey in that backfield. So as long as he doesn't go out there and make mistakes, and you know, and kind of be the Sam Darnold we saw at times before. Uh, I think they can be good, but it's it's just it's a wait-and-see kind of thing with, with the Panthers. That's, that's what's kind of frustrating and kind of exciting for Carolina Panthers fans because going into the season, you can have a ton of optimism. You just have no idea where it's going to fall.
3: Chandler, the resident Panthers fan, I'm looking at Christian McCaffrey numbers and, and looking at Panthers numbers. As a rookie in 2017, he plays in all 16 games. He only has 435 rushing yards. He did have 80 catches. 651 yards that year and the panthers went to the playoffs uh 11 and 5 lost against the saints Uh, his second year he has 219 rush attempts over a thousand yards uh he adds to that 107 catches 867 yards but the panthers that year goes seven and nine 2019 287 rush attempts he had 142 targets he had over 1,000 yards rushing and receiving, but the team itself uh, goes 5-11. and 11, And, of course, he was injured last year. So it's obviously going to be a super go ahead, Billy. Did you have something there?
12: Yeah, well, what that tells me is that when they rely too much on Christian McCaffrey and they don't have other guys around him that can pick up the slack – that's when they're not doing well. They've got to be able to use him in spot situations, not not so much in spot situations, but he can't be the number one workhorse everything guy because, you know, then the team becomes one-dimensional, and I think that was the case the further he got along in his career is that they kept feeding Christian McCaffrey, and rightfully so, but nobody else around him was stepping up and getting the job done.
3: 2019, absolutely crazy numbers with uh, over 2,000. He had 2,392 yards from scrimmage, uh, 19 total touchdowns, 403 touches. Was that the
9: year that he had 1,000 yards receiving and 1,000 yards And rushing.
3: but the team was 5 and 11 and i think billy brings up a good point there it can't just be
9: he can't be the workhorse yeah well he's
3: going to be but somebody's got to help out and do you have those parts to help out
9: if it is anybody it's the guys on the outside dj moore uh, Robbie Anderson.
3: I asked you this all off season. Who is the backup running back? Do you have one of those yet?
9: We have Chuba Hubbard who we drafted yeah. from Oklahoma State. Um, and is Great college running gr- back. Yes, and I don't believe he played last year for the Cowboys, but he is having a gr- good training camp so far. So, there is somebody behind uh, Christian McCaffrey. The question was, you should have asked me that last year. There was nobody behind Christian McCaffrey no. last year. Uh, I think we had Rodney Smith who was an undrafted free agent out of Minnesota who was getting a lot of the love when um, McCaffrey was hurt. But, yeah, so um, it's going to rely – like, we just got to take the pressure off of him and not have to rely on him so much. Like, I, I want to give him the ball, whether that's running the football or passing it to him. But we got we have to have guys like DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, and hopefully Robbie Anderson and, and Sam Darnold have a great, great relationship, um, you know, them being together in New York. So uh, those guys on the outside are going to have to step up. Terrace Marshall Jr. is also a guy that can be thrown into the mix at wide receiver. Uh, but yeah, those guys are going to have to step up and help out Christian McCaffrey.
3: We've uh, Chandler made me feel old this week. He, we were talking about the Hall of Fame, and he said, "Yeah, I'm finally seeing guys inducted into the Hall of Fame that uh, that I watch play." And I, I remember that when I was around his age, like man, I saw that guy's whole career. And now I'm so old, uh, you know. It's just it's kind of sad now. Uh, but uh, when he brought that up, it made me go back like fifteen, twenty years ago to when, like, the first time I saw a guy play his entire career make the Hall of Fame.
10: Yeah, that that
12: does make you feel kind of (laughs) old. I I guess I would have to think back and and kind of remember a guy that I watched his entire career early on, like maybe that first Hall of Famer guy. But, I mean, there are guys that I watched as a kid. I mean, and this is is going back way long ago that Chandler would never even have – he's only seen video of these guys, Terry Bradshaw – um you know roger stallback Lynn swan those guys i those are guys i watched as a kid
3: i got a good one for you wave so i was born in 81 so i didn't see his i I watched i I didn't see him early on uh you might have caught him when he first got into the league but daryl green played from 83 to 2002 that might have been like one of your first guys that you saw like, all, his entire career in the uh, NFL. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
12: Well, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I was born in 1969, just to tell you. Yeah, so you were around
3: 14, 13, so yeah.
12: Uh, yeah, so that was – yeah, that was my early teenage years. And I – you know, Daryl Green was one of my favorites, obviously. My, my all-time favorite Washington football player is, is John Riggins. Um, you know, the, they called him the Diesel. I mean, there's – I had a poster of, uh, you know, the Super Bowl against Miami where – the defender is on the ground holding on to his jersey on that fourth down uh, that he broke off a big run and scored a touchdown. They end up winning the Super Bowl. I had that that uh, that poster on my wall at the time. So he was my all-time favorite.
3: Uh, my- Before you move on, we've, have you ever thought what it would be like if John Riggins played in 2021 with social media, with everybody oh taking pictures? Because, and unfortunately I was too young to really witness the greatness. I've seen the videos, heard the stories, but – he liked to, you know, he was not a a real Joe Gibbs guy when it came to all right, no. shut your mouth. I'm sure he was a great team player, teammate, and all that, but like he was not the the, the choir boy, so to speak.
12: No, when when he got traded to uh, Washington, I think it was from the Jets. He came in with a mohawk. I mean, the guy was he was very outspoken. He was very he was very kind of Brian Bosworth, I think, before the Boz.
8: Right, if that makes
12: sense. He was kind of that kind of personality.
3: But he was able to deliver on the field, maybe unlike the Boz.
12: Oh, yeah, absolutely. As far as as talent goes and production, uh, he was much more productive than than Brian Bosworth. But, you know, there there are so many, um, you know, and I can call them this now because that's what they were. They were Redskins back in the day. But there were so many Redskins that I – I grew up watching and idolizing, and, you know, Rigo was the, was the number one guy. Number two on that list was Art Monk, and that's another guy that's in the Hall of Fame, and it took him a while to get into the Hall of Fame, um, but I remember watching his entire career.
3: Hey, kids, there was a time when wide receivers would catch a ball and just, like, go back to the huddle and never talk, oh, and, and, and that was Art Monk. <laughs> yeah, oh, I was so Art Monk. Art
12: Monk was, it was and is one of the classiest men i've ever met in my life i actually worked the art monk football camp for three weeks one summer back in oh, cool. 1992 and so i i spent three weeks um in a dorm in dorm rooms um and art was there the entire time and i had pictures of of me and him and uh i, I actually got to you know throw passes to him out on the practice field and stuff it was it was awesome he's he's one of the best guys you'll ever meet
3: (laughs) that's really cool talking to uh billy weaver before we let you go uh kyle larson wins again at uh watkins Glen. they are back on a road course this week the indianapolis motor speedway road course chase elliott uh made a push finished second uh i'm assuming you're gonna talk about chase elliott being one of the uh, potential winners right
12: yeah, uh but you know this is an a, interesting situation cuz this is going to be the first time that uh these guys are racing a NASCAR Cup Series race on Indianapolis uh Motor Speedway's road course. So this is this is anybody's guess. But, you know, when we of course when we say that the Hendrick drivers, man, they have just been outstanding as of late. Hendrick drivers have I think I saw they, they've they won like eight of the last 11 races or something like that. I don't know if that's exactly right, but they've won a ton of races here recently. And, of course, they've done it all on the road course races. They've, they've really excelled there. And, of course, that's with Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott. And how about Chase? I mean, Chase Elliott started way back in the back of the field uh, this past weekend at Watkins Glen and still made his way up and finished second.
3: That happens on your regular tracks, Weave, but not so much in the, the road uh, courses, right? no
12: no 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 not at all and especially at a place like Watkins Glen now you know that happens a little bit more now we saw that at at the roval uh and at daytona's uh, um uh road road track at daytona uh you know you can there's there's more passing opportunities at those tracks but some of your your older tracks uh you know that nascar has been racing on road course uh, series races for for a while there's not a whole lot of places to pass but you know, he started from the back of the field, and he immediately started picking off guys. That just goes to show you the talent that um, that Chase Elliott has on the road course races. And I, I tell you what, there's it's going to be a long time before, if if I were a betting man, um, when it comes to road courses, it'll be a long time before I bet against Chase Elliott. That's for sure.
3: Billy Weaver joining us. Weave, I'm uh, I'm a buddy, so I'm not going to bring up uh, that thing happening. In baseball, <laughs> so we'll just end the conversation. No, no, it's, it's cool. I, I told get... you, everyone, the Mets were going to collapse. They are in the middle of it. The Phillies bypassed them. The Braves passed. Like it's it's happening. We've
12: no, I mean, but I knew that was going to happen. I'm just happy that it it took this long because, like <laughs> I said before, it usually it usually happens well before the All Star break. Yeah. Hey, let me tell you something though. Let me tell you something. The Mets. Still aren't playing bad. They just can't find any offense and man that's just not gonna cut it. If they can get going offensively, but that's been the case all year. They're on a four game losing streak right now. You gotta give it to Philly though. Philly's one eight straight. Yeah. Still only two and a half up on um uh two up on Atlanta and two and a half up on on the Mets right now. So the Mets are not out of it by any means. And you know, once they still got a couple key players, they need to get back on the roster. And if they can get that the bats going, I'm trying to be optimistic. I really am. Um, but I, I'm just happy they were in first place as long as they were.
3: We've good stuff, man. Thanks for joining us. We will uh, check in with you again next week. We'll uh, we'll have a Washington game to recap and uh, one week closer to Pirate football.
12: Yes, sir. That's going to be fun today. First day in pads. For yeah, the Pirates. Mike Houston seemed like he was. Uh, um optimistic and said the guys performed very well in this uh eastern north carolina heat you gotta love that they finally finally got the nasty heat and humidity uh back in eastern north carolina and i guess that's a good thing because you're going to be playing in that in september
3: no doubt Uh,
12: be talking some pirate football here shortly
3: thank you Weave. appreciate it man all right right, there is witn sports uh whoops i did it for the first time ever He used to work at a TV station. Now he owns Billy's Beach Breakfast. I was very distracted because for the first time walking in the Pirate Radio building since becoming a father, Stephen Igo is here. I got to say, looking pretty good. He had a collar on his shirt. We'll see him here in just a moment. He will join us when we return on Pirate Radio Live on a Tuesday. We're back with you after this.
0: Listening to hour two of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. A better donor experience and better pay. Now back to the show.
2: Welcome back. From sales to service, Greenville Auto World has all of your vehicle needs covered. Shop all of their inventory now at greenvilleautoworld.net. If you're looking for someone to service your vehicle, Greenville Auto World has a full service and repair facility. They do brakes, oil changes, tires, inspections, and they can repair any kind of vehicle. Greenville Auto World is located across from Speedway at Bell's Fork and online at greenvilleautoworld.net. Thanks to Tim Sutton and Jim Rogers for their sponsorship of the program. Now let's head back into the show. Here's Clip Brock.
3: Back with you on a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Rock here, and for the first time since becoming a father, Stephen Igo is back inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Stephen, it's great to see you. It's good to see you. There, Put her there. I was seeing if you had dad strength. That was, yeah. uh... Was kind I have of, a soft handshake. You do? I'm it was no, really uh, soft.
4: <laughs> I'm no Brandon Lynch. You remember his handshake? Oh, he yeah. He would break your yeah. hand,
3: dude yeah he was like the dad uh meeting uh their daughter's boyfriend like yep tonight
4: he would like i would go in and shake it (laughs) (laughs) i could feel my hands squishing on top of one another yeah the finger bones start to like this is how
3: my hand would look when i was done with the handshake like the guy in a scary movie
8: who was the? Who
2: was oh,
8: the, the one with the little hands? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah let, me, let me, He's like
9: mashing with the potatoes.
2: Yeah. yeah, let me stir that for you.
9: So you acknowledge
3: you have a weak handshake. Why yeah. is that? I you just, don't want to go too strong. I'm or? not a, that aggressive,
4: confrontational person. I uh, like I don't. I think it's. I know, but it's not like I, f- I feel you're like not it, confronting anybody. I, I feel like if you're going over the top yeah. with a handshake, you're trying to like you're overcompensating, overcompensating for, it for something.
8: something. Yeah oh wow <laughs> we finish Ooh. each other like i'm pretty comfortable <laughs> sentences.
4: With, i'm pretty comfortable like with my i hear you get up in appearance so i don't need to like blow somebody away with a handshake i don't need that person to remember me like man that's the that's the handshake
3: dude yeah hey uh, steven Igo, kind of a d-bag hard handshake guy <laughs> <laughs> but instead you're there like hey that Igo, pretty low-key handshake there also handshaking uh kind of becoming the What's the phrase the guy always says on MLB The Show? The way of the... What's the animal he used? Oh, man. What, what? am I trying to say right now? I it's not a dingo. Long. It's the way of the, an animal that went extinct. The dodo bird. Uh, there you yeah, go. The <laughs> handshake has gone the way of the dodo bird. Where oh, the, I
2: don't uh, know. I guess it depends on where you are. True. Because so, I think in, in the South, you're still going to yeah. see handshakes.
4: So, Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like, can you knuck somebody too hard? Give them the knuckle? Yes.
2: You can punch them instead of.
4: Like, he's
3: got too firm of a knuckle. I've never really experienced that, I don't think.
2: I've had it where somebody kind of. They go to give you the knuckle, but they kind of shove yeah. their fist into you. So it's and more then like I. Like like, yeah, yeah, you're like. I've okay. had that
3: happen. Chandler, yeah. you've had a fish shoved into you? Oh, yeah. That was. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah unfortunately <laughs> that's tough man it's All tough right. times tough I league. mean,
8: <laughs> <laughs> so
3: steven how's it going it's going good man it's going good has man. your uh kid done anything cool yet no
9: <laughs> uh, any, any backflips
8: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. no how's like, his handshake there's like milestones and stuff but it he takes can't grip yeah it takes a while for like <clears throat> like he's acknowledging your existence probably now
4: yeah like now that's a good th- thing yeah about a, a week and a half into it i guess what's today yeah so almost two weeks That's into crazy. it That's crazy. i feel like he definitely can like look around right in front of him and kind of he has some awareness yeah you yeah, know the yeah. first few days situational just like, awareness he's got good awareness <laughs> he's got good awareness you know probably still not 99 on the madden scale you but,
3: should update his attributes <laughs> as he grows up in life right. speed right now is a one balance strength
4: yeah. is a three
3: yeah and trying to get to a hundred,
4: yeah, hundred percent. He's it?
2: working his way into being a proven commodity. He is. Well, he is.
3: It's it's going to take some time, but he'll get there. Stephen prematurely said he was a proven commodity. You know what's funny? What's that? I met a guy in the UB parking lot last week. gave him mm-hmm. gave him a hand. I was about to
9: say, <laughs> did
4: you give him a
8: handshake?
3: He said he's a listener, and uh, he gave me his name. It was uh, something Jarman, and Aaron Jarman. He said now it was those uh older gentleman, and he was like man i I really enjoy listening to y'all i I have to do it online uh because i don't come in great in lenore county i never even put two and two together until i got back in the building is he related to the proven commodity and then i was like did he listen to that discussion (laughs) about aaron jarman how i said he wasn't a proven commodity that's not an insult on aaron jarman but anyway that happened last week i go and it made me self-conscious
4: i feel like there has to be some relation of some sort if he's jarman not. lenore county yeah I mean, he up. said his parents were season ticket holders so i would be surprised if there's not some sort of relation there familial when
9: he shook your hand did he squeeze it tight <laughs> I didn't you know this. Like this. <laughs> did you need like
8: this
3: my fingers were good to go after that encounter
2: I like to think that I have a pretty fair handshake like I try not to grip but I don't want to be you know I don't want to give a light what's handshake. it called like a
3: fish uh the wet fish yeah kind of the wet
2: fit yeah, yeah I don't do that but I did have you remember several years ago uh when biz Marquee and tone loke came and performed at pirate fest let's do it uh i had a chance to go back and meet biz Marquee and tone loke and i remember shaking tone loke's hand and he was like oh you have a firm ham shake <laughs> i'm like yeah was i not supposed to have one
3: Did you say ham shake handshake okay because then i was thinking about a milkshake with like ham flavor <laughs> i'm
2: a ham shake man <laughs> Uh, okay mr uniform shirley
3: has a firm handshake and tone loke will never forget that Shirley. you made look, a great impression i
2: made a great impression on mr loke
3: uh steve and i go day one full pads they were popping yeah i don't know why i like to say that it's a good good phrase pads poppin'. Are poppin'. um we've heard some comments from mike houston already hit the uh open real quick shirley uh just play a few words
2: the open of what uh,
3: his opening comments mike houston won
2: oh oh i oh, okay
7: hold on uh, da, 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 da. nice uh cool day for practice today first day in full pads uh, all right you can go. cut it
3: i don't notice it as much as i did previously when i was first cutting it up but the, the voice sounded a little scratchy has he been yelling a lot out of practice steven i think he sounds fairly normal you think so okay. i think
4: uh blake harrell sounded a little hoarse the other day and Tim Douse is always a horse, I feel like. That dude's uh, got on the, some energy. The, don't a he? few times Is Blake Harrell
9: going Jeep weight on us?
3: He's not quite
9: the, to that level.
3: That, that, way, was a, that was a different level of a horse. Speaking of mishearing things, do you have the comment from Mike Houston yesterday, Shirley?
7: <laughs> Why, yes. Yes, All right. I do. play that one real quick. You know, you're going to get tossed around pretty good in this league if you don't have some ass to. Get.
9: <laughs> See, I heard <laughs> ass that time.
7: We had the debate.
3: I wanted to just be ass so much, but I go you you sometimes you listen to a pirate radio live later or yeah, earlier.
4: Yeah. i usually listen to it
3: so earlier. i got like a random text last night and it was like you know he's saying mass right And i like, yeah we figured it out it's not it was just
4: fun. so funny in the moment though listening to y'all think it was i was ass. so excited like like y'all are so into it i'm like uh, and i get it like when you listen to it if you weren't there it definitely sounds a lot like it um but definitely being there on the front row and him not wearing a mask you could definitely see it was mass
3: and there's like there's double m's there's yep, an m some. well there's a M at the end of some which could roll over into right. a, a mass but there's also an m and mass which i thought was just an extra m from some well i remember talking to
4: um offensive line coaches in the past and they're like if if the you know we want guys that have some mass
3: or ass. Yeah, they say ass. We, yeah. We want so, guys
4: to have some ass on them because you need a lower half to be a good offensive Or did runner.
3: you mishear him and they said mass? No, they
4: definitely said.
3: So, Do you work. still do the transcript from every, for everything? For every press conference? Yeah. Yeah. For, did for you Mikey type Houston, up man. mass yesterday? Yeah,
9: I did mass. <laughs> You're
3: know, you going to
7: get tossed around pretty good in this league if you don't have some mass to
9: <laughs> He said, like, he puts a lot of emphasis on the ass part like
3: of mass. He's South. like, Mass. mass. <laughs> I'm going to do my own transcript and type <laughs> ass just to do it. Uh, anyway, that I was I mean, they yesterday. both basically
4: mean the same thing. I mean, you got to have some weight and some some thump to you, you know?
3: Mass is a little classier Some junk in the trunk. Yeah. But really, if
4: you have offensive linemen with skinny legs, you're in trouble. And Malvik still kind of is. That was the whole point. You know, he's still thinner than most offensive linemen, but that's just his frame. He looks like a freaking specimen
3: out there. Um, uh, Morgan Ayler said he could have a future in the WWE. Yeah, I mean, he's just like size.
4: he's so long and lean, dude. His um, I can't imagine the amount of calories he's taking right now, and and it's just you don't find many three hundred pounders that like are that skinny.
3: Uh, we had the mass ass debate yesterday. John Moody said he heard Hamshake. He's on Team Hamshake. <laughs>
2: what does john moody know
3: <laughs> yeah john stick to <laughs> college basketball schedules <laughs>
2: yeah. stick
3: to what you know all right uh bailey Malovic Igo is uh has got more mass on him uh give us an update on what the o-line has looked like from what you've seen as far as personnel goes <laughs> what have they been rolling with uh they've been rolling with a lot of mass and specifically <laughs> fernando fry talked today he did talk is he the first-team center if we played on Saturday? Uh, Avery
4: Jones is your first-team center. Fernando today played first-team right guard. That was because Sean Bailey was sidelined. You know, the first-team offensive line through the first week of practice ha- when all the guys are healthy has been left tackle, uh, Justin Chase, left guard, Nishad Strother. Strother, center Avery Jones, right guard, Sean Bailey, right tackle, Bailey Mass Malovic.
8: <laughs> and the, it,
4: but the big mass. The thing is you've got so many guys you can interchange like Noah Henderson has worked some at tackle. Fry has worked some at guard. He can work center. Trent Holler has worked center. He can also play guard. You know, as they have foot, a young guy has got some ability. Walt Stribling, you know, has shown some flashes. You have a legitimate too deep to where like if you lost and you don't want this to happen, but if you lost your whole starting offensive line, You could get by with your second-team O-line. But I think the one area they don't want to lose anybody is offensive tackle. I I feel very good about the interior offensive line. they got plenty of bodies there. You don't want to lose one of your tackles or, like last year, two tackles, which was a killer.
3: Yeah. Uh, We had some great videos out on social media. Igo did as well. Uh, Did you have a play where Rick Debru caused some damage? Yeah, he just... Blew up and made an outstanding play, Charlie. How would Mike Houston describe Rick DeBru?
7: You know, Rick DeBru is a pretty rocked up guy. I love that. <laughs> He's too. rocked
3: up. Did he say rocked up? I don't want to take him out of context. You know, Rick DeBru
7: is a pretty rocked up guy.
3: Pretty rocked He's up. He is rocked up. That is a cool thing to what be is, described as. Where did
4: that come from? Is that from his recent interview?
3: That was here on Pirate Radio when I did the whole uh, what Olympic event. what everybody do and uh i think that was weightlifting right Mm -hmm. rick debrew's a pretty rocked up guy
4: he looks like a different dude i mean like you look at you put all those defensive linemen in a row one of them looks rocked up and that's rick debray rick debrew i mean rick debrew's a pretty rocked up guy i think you did an
9: article on you know number changes this year has rick debrew has he changed his number
4: he's gone from 45 to 15 and i think with him moving to defensive end it it fits him pretty well like it's a you know he's he's not skinny but he's trimmed down i feel like a little bit to play in to play it fast and i feel like 15 fits well 15 on one side you know 11 and jeremy lewis on the other side or 10 xavier smith on the other side right now i, I like that uh combination on the edge
3: uh scott says what about my
4: maryland guy was that foot that is isaiah foot you yeah mentioned it, him, right? he's running with the second team right now probably a guard really bright future again just a second year guy i think yeah, him and Walsh dribbling came in that same class. I think both those guys are future starters if they continue
3: on their current path. uh Let's take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll wrap up this hour with IGO. We'll uh, try to save some time and hear from Icy and K3. Yep. That would be Rajay Harris and Keaton Mitchell, Fernando Fry, and Xavier Smith as well as they spoke after practice on this Tuesday. Uh, A lot more to go on Pirate Radio Live back with you after this.
0: Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back for the latest
2: breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at PR927FM. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at FreePR927FM. Join the close to 50,000 followers today. Now, let's head back in to PRL. Here's Flip Rock.
3: Wrapping up Hour 2 on a Tuesday. Brock Stephen Igo, Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt, we will uh, give away a, uh, a gift, a
8: prize,
3: a token of our appreciation for you listening coming up in hour three of today's show. Also, uh, Ron Cook, the new head football coach at Farmville Central, will join us. Uh, Ron was a player for the Virginia Tech Hokies in the late 90s and also came to town in 2000 during the uh virginia tech ecu game on thursday night uh espn actually went to that game with uh tony
8: dunn
3: huh. uh in Stadium. and it got away early from the pirates i want to say uh an early block punt did them in
9: that was the game that i was trying to look up that day that i actually found the 1992 game between the Hokies and Pirates and Jeff Charles was on the call for the television broadcast with Willie Lanier
3: very good memory chandler uh steven on that day how old were you in 19 in 2000 eight were you at the game you think
4: what what game thursday
3: night Vic versus gerard
4: yeah i was there it's a big game i faintly remember it i just remember my dad talking about how the story was mike Vic was close to coming to ecu or something like that. oh yeah the um,
3: old logan mm-hmm. had gerard so he didn't bring in yeah that's the i don't know how true that is or not um, there were
4: there was no 24 7 sports back then so we'll never know <laughs> very good the point. famous
9: gif of you as a young <laughs> child uh, like what i just was wondering what game was that, that was the
4: south florida game in the early 2000s um it was a heart-wrenching loss vontae leach, had vontae leach okay. just absolutely went off i just remember that south florida team talked so much junk like all south florida teams and their fans and uh ecu team was terrible but Vontae leach just had a tremendous game that and was thompson right yeah i was yeah. gonna ask was that thompson. john thompson and Vontae basically single-handedly kept him in it went from fullback to running back and had a bunch of touchdowns and then in overtime ecu scored the touchdown and then missed the extra point mm. that would have sent it to another overtime like classic john thompson ecu
9: you were fired up
4: yeah
3: it was there. oh i was
9: jack
4: yeah was you, were you were rocked great. up
3: <laughs> steven i was a pretty rocked up guy um that virginia tech ecu game by the way i think the score was it was 48 to 23 something like that so the Hokies uh put it on the pirates how many passing wasn't yards that the game where they had like a bunch of spe- like
4: true beamer ball like special teams block punts well they
3: had a block punt for yeah. a touchdown and they might have had some Defensive other stuff. touchdowns how many passing yards did michael vick have against the pirates in a 48 point game
9: 400 yards
3: do we against- know yeah uh, I'm gonna i looked go it up earlier when I, had, when I was preparing for ron cook's interview 123 104 yards what <laughs> I, if i told you yeah. that you'd be like okay that's great uh lee suggs oh, you Remember yeah. every year they had a they had a good running, running back.
4: back and they would always go to the nfl and then like play one year <clears> and disappear
3: <throat> he had 100 plus yards uh they had the special team score they probably had more special teams plays to set up scores and uh i feel like there was like three
9: there was a williams guy in 2010 phone was that? That that's was my guy
3: that's my ryan williams ryan williams yeah. was my guy went to, we used to do our fantasy draft early and you have to uh you got to grab that rookie fast and you could hold on to him and keep him and i drafted ryan williams on a saturday at around 5 30 and then that night, he had his debut with the Cardinals and tore his leg. Cardinals, that's who he played for. And was for. never anything because he got hurt, and I was sad.
9: I remember him playing for – it was Tyrod he Taylor. Had a big game and, on a Thursday night Ty, in Greenville. Tyrod Taylor, and for those that don't know, he's a Houston Texan. Um, <laughs> that, that was 2010, is. Dominique Davis, Jonathan Williams was our running back. It was the Battle of the Williams, that running back. Ryan Williams and Jonathan Williams in 2010. I just remember that. Uh, was there a uh,
3: – Kind of a boring game, right? was there a was break?
9: that the dakota marshall game no that was that 2009 was, on okay. a thursday
4: night yep, that was when he got clean clocked. um was there a brandon <laughs> got what cling locked cling clocked oh got his clock clean yeah yeah uh was there a brandon Orr or or michael uh
3: no, i remember i the just name. feel like they had so many above average running backs it was uh it was like a stable of them maybe an andre in there somewhere so lee suggs um yeah, I can. All right, um we are about to wrap up this hour. Steven, uh let's uh closing thoughts on the offense because we talked o-line, we'll uh we we'll talk a little more offense, but switch gears to defense as well in hour 3, but uh who if anybody has uh, stood out to you offensively for the Pirates?
4: Um, you know, uh, we touched on the offensive line, which I think has come a long way. You know, I think the running backs It's just so weird having a team with uh, proven running backs. I feel like the running backs, at least the top two, are more proven than the receiver position because you're going to use two running backs primarily. Obviously, you need more, but then the receivers usually ECU is five to six deep. And I feel like this year it's not that way. I mean, we know Tyler Snead and we know C.J. Johnson. I think Shane Calhoun, you know, haven't seen too much of it just due to we don't get to see a lot of team. But dating back to the spring at tight end, he's really been consistent. You know, all this talk about Ryan Jones and and Aaron Jarman. I think Shane Calhoun's got a chance to just become a a really good player long-term and this year. Mike Houston talked about him uh, today. The blocking. I mean, he struggled last year to block at times because he was a true freshman. He shouldn't have been playing as much as he did, but I think that'll serve him well. And so I think he's got a chance to take a step forward. You know, a couple of the younger receivers, Jari Patterson, the transfer from Marshall, have heard good things about him. Tyler Savage, Cam Burnett, uh, Taji Hudson, like I think all those guys have a chance. It's just a matter of who's going to show up on game day. You know, receiver-wise, I feel like we've heard so much about so many guys over the years, and then you know out of nowhere maybe one of those guys really becomes a guy on game day other other guys kind of fade into not obscurity but just don't become anything more than maybe a good practice player so i feel like you've got to have that that flair that confidence to really exceed on game day as a receiver go over the middle take a hit show toughness make a catch in front of a crowd like sometimes you just don't know often like quarterback how a guy's going to react
3: till he's out there on game day Steven, I'll go with the colors. Do you have anything to add to?
9: I was going to go to the running backs. I hope to God that y'all haven't already mentioned this. But uh, how's Pop McKay and, and Donald looking in the backfield?
4: I think Pop McKay looked good today. I mean, that was one thing that stood out to me. We got to watch the goal line short yardage drill. And he really didn't have much room to run. I mean, it basically seemed like the defense knew the run was coming. And they were crashing on it every single play. And he made something out of nothing. 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 He made something out of nothing about two or three times, you know, kind of slid forward. That really good running back feel that you'll just see guys kind of just like shake off an arm tackle or two. You know, I like to call it the uh the non Anthony Scott where you get touched and fall down. No disrespect to, to Anthony Scott, but he just could not break a tackle. And so it's good to see Pop McKay kind of fall in the mold of, of Rajay and Keaton where you fall forward for yardage. Now he's got a lot of the playbook to learn So, we'll see how much he contributes. But Coach Houston said today he thinks that he will help this year. Macy O'Donnell, I feel like, is going to play. I don't know how much he's going to play, but he's going to have some packages. I mean, he's consistently gotten second-team reps. And he looks good catching the ball of the backfield. So, I I think right now, if I had to call it, those are probably your top four guys in the depth chart as it stands right now.
3: If I was a running back, um, just bear with me. Because I know, yeah. But I would get my space. I would I would run north south, and then a defender would come. I'd do a little chop, and I'd get touched and fall down, or either cut and fall down before the defender hit me, and then get up and slam the ball and be like, man. And, and I I'd, I'd do this like I was so close, <laughs> and I'd do that about seven or eight times. Seems familiar until like the fans realized that I was a crappy running back. Oh, but at the first five or six times, they'd be like, man, he almost broke it. He was so He's close. He's so
4: close to breaking one.
3: And I would get up mad. Like, man, I had it. But I slipped. I start pointing to my cleats. <laughs> like, but I feel like we see that a lot uh, in, in football. and We see that a lot from East Carolina running backs who aren't very good. Well, yeah, could be better. Chandler, can you take us a break? surely can okay sure surely she can surely she can we will take a time out come back hour three on the way we got more with Igo. we've got a conversation with ron cook farmville central head football coach and we'll make you a winner it's all ahead on pirate radio live after this
0: You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show.
2: Welcome back. At Angel Oak, they continue to make customer service a number Number one priority. A local mortgage advisor is the key to your transaction success and the combination of their local team's experience and Angel Oaks wide offerings of products from standard conventional government and portfolio loans has something for every financial situation. For more information call Talbot Green, Joanne Weir or Wanda Hager at 751-2060. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Rock.
3: Back with you on PRL here on a Tuesday, first day of PAD. Pads, full pads for ecu football in fall camp it's our bud light ecu report brought to you by bud light proudly distributed by carolina eagle distributing since 1989 the official beer of the ecu pirates and i taught o-lines uh, and and some running backs as well let's hear from a couple of the running backs as today so i go you were there and jenny and uh, glenn did a great job uh, with pirate radio covering fall camp and, and these uh interviews but i was not there why did they do them as a duo was this requested was this something they wanted to do was it for fun why was harris and mitchell both at the podium i think it's just the
4: push of both these guys are are number one one a one b yeah like they don't want one or the other to be in the spotlight without the other which you know it makes for a unique interview um it can be tough at times to get like a good quote if you're interviewing two guys at one time but i thought they played off each other well and you know i thought it was was cool to uh experience that and they seem to have a great relationship which we saw during the interview so i think we requested like hey we'll take one of the running backs whichever one you want to give us you got a bonus if it's both we'll take them both
3: uh it was around four or five minutes i cut it about in half Shirley. let's hear the first half of mitchell and harris today
10: First team uh, play today, you kind of wanted into the end zone
1: there. Was that definitely a touchdown? Did you hear any grief in the defense or anything? Oh, it yeah, they, close. they going to argue, you know. they going to argue, <laughs> but, you know, if you stop me, you can't stop Key. You <laughs> feel <laughs> me? you stop Key, you can't stop me. So,
4: How much do you guys feed off each other uh,
1: in the backfield right now? 100% man, every day. Oh, you know, are Trying to compete every day. Iron, Sharp iron. Iron, strap, iron. Just like he said. Yeah
13: you guys have a nickname for yourself
8: yet? Or are you, are you for the <laughs> we actually
13: do. We drew it on the board, uh, yeah. what, yesterday? Yeah. Call him Icy. Yeah. Call me K3. Okay.
1: Yeah, man. So y'all get, get used time. to that, man. Y'all get used yeah. to
6: that. Yeah. For sure you look like you were pretty fired up after getting that first touchdown in contact with this <laughs> team uh, early in the practice. Talk about that and that, that whole period there little it.
1: You know, it's been a little minute, man. We strap it up, you know. So, uh, you know, the second week of fall camp I always be, you know, a little shaky. You know, everybody's sore, everybody's tired. So, you know, you got to have somebody to push through. You know, I'm trying to lead the offense, you know, man, keep trying to lead the offense to be better every single day. So, I think I just I just I brought the injury today. Stay with it all day, you know. Like I say, 1% better every day. Can't settle on today. Got to be better tomorrow.
0: With you guys being the second year, how much of a challenge is it to – you had such a – both of you had such a great freshman year. Uh, how much of a challenge is it this year to to exceed
13: it, it being a sophomore now? I mean, we both pushing for a 1,000 yards each, 150, 250, the game.
1: Yeah, so keep us accountable for that.
13: Yeah. Definitely. Do you still, Rajay, play with that chip on your shoulder? I mean,
4: you played with it last year, even though you had a pretty good freshman year.
1: So I ain't did nothing, not yet, so – you know, I'm still trying to get to a bowl game. You know, we want the, the team goals. We're not too too much focus on the independent.
3: There is part one of the dynamic duo, Harrison Mitchell, lighthearted, fun. Iga <coughs> yeah. seems like they're having fun. Uh, let's hit part two. Let's hear more from the uh, the running back duo for the Pirates.
10: How cool is it that y'all still are freshmen? You know, I mean, you
13: played basically a full season, but you're you're still a freshman. You have four years left. Is that an
7: advantage? I think it's great. It is
13: is great. I mean, we can only get better. Ain't no going backwards. So, yeah, we both push each other until we both, you know, make it to the league. (laughs) We still don't push each other. Definitely. You don't feel like a freshman, right? Oh, no. What would you
3: say the biggest difference um, from last year when you were coming
14: in to this year at this point is right
1: now for you guys? Um, You know, we came in, you know. It's a, lot of, it's a lot about confidence, you know. You see everybody, you see they bigger, they faster. So, you know, you got to get that confidence. You know, from day one, me and Keaton started off on uh, second field. Coach Houston was talking about this the other day. Uh, so, we couldn't let that get to us, you know. We could have stayed on the second field and just been mediocre or, mm-hmm. you know, come together and be great together to get on that, that first field. Yeah.
13: And also, like, um, like, you know, me and raw like, push each other every day. Now that the defense slowed down, it just top speed. Now we know what's going on, it just slowed down. Tremendously.
4: Yeah, uh, Roger, do you give any, any flag.
13: he's known as a big play guy, but you had the 80-yard <laughs> touchdown last
1: year. You yeah. give him any uh, – Oh, yeah, man. I be telling him, he's not faster than me, you know. So, you know, we, we argue about that all the time. It's crazy
13: because you know. me and Rod knew each other since, what, eight years old? Yeah, we've been knowing each other. He used to too. be fast me, but not, not <laughs> no I was just going to say, have y'all raced recently? Recently? Not recently,
1: no. but, you know, like, I'm not, growing up, I had him, though. I yeah. had him. He did. He I was this size
13: him. at eight years old. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But now, yeah, he got me now, though. He got me. He got me. He got me.
13: Kid, you
4: broke off a few of those runs in camp and scrimmages. Or are you hungry to do it in a game too? Oh it's, yeah, it's I always hard. hungry. Always <laughs>
13: hungry. He better. Yeah. He better.
5: You guys are talking about getting better every day. What are some of the things you guys feel you need to do to even raise your game another level?
1: You know, uh, we still gotta continue to practice hard. You know, the the other guys, and young guys, are still trying to build and. Still trying to come get our spots, you know, every day. You know, we all cool, you know, family. But, you know, they want to be on the field also. So, we got us every day. Like I said, 1%. Just 1% better every day.
4: Yep. Any young guys behind you, all running back, that have impressed you all thus the Proud of all of, them. all of them. Proud of all, all, of, all them.
1: of them. They're catching on fast. Yeah. Real fast. All
3: right, there it is. Keaton Mitchell, Rajay Harris. I go, I didn't know. So, where are these guys from? Harris so, is South Carolina harris is yeah upstate south carolina and then you got
4: uh, keaton from the atlanta area so i didn't know that they knew each other that's pretty cool they were eight so i'll have to i meant to ask when they said that this poor reporting by me not to follow up um so hopefully you know i'm sure we'll get another chance to talk to these guys
3: yeah uh, trying to figure that out pretty cool to hear uh, both of them together it sounds like they have a great relationship and hope that uh will carry on into the season and uh, let's uh how many rushes will running backs have against app state 30 um 32 34 i think 30 30 is a good number okay i mean because more than likely let me look up just the regular game last year
4: maybe 35 I mean, it depends on how much they run holding two or how. Well, much okay you- I was
3: running backs specifically i would say 30 35. if there are 33 rushes in the game how many how are they split
4: to me i mean
3: i mean it's impossible you going hot hand yeah it's a possible question answer because how about 20 like 20 like 19 12 and two maybe a macy o'donnell or somebody gets i mean
4: i think that based on last year to me keaton when he was fresh He looked extremely explosive. Like, I remember early in the SMU game, he looked really good and then kind of got worn down towards the end. You know, Rajay almost looks like he's the guy who gets better as the game wears on due to his running style. So, I think Rajay makes sense in terms of getting him more carries due to his size. Not that Keaton can't run between the tackles and be effective because we saw that several times last year. But I just think you have to take into account body style, running style. Keaton's more prone to taking hits because he's more slender, whereas Rajay... Although he runs with the physical style where he's dishing out punishment, um, he's going to need some time off, too. So, you know, I think it'll be close to a 50 50 split, ideally. But I think Rajay probably more 55, 60% of the touches.
3: And he's known as like, and you kind of alluded to it there, alluded to it. Um, he's known as the bigger back between the two. Hey, Keith Mitchell has shown he can break tackles, but yeah. he, I don't know, he's looking a little slender to me, like he, good uh, shape.
4: So I did um I did the article how much weight each guy's lost and he's listed at 226 and I did that and you know, I or maybe it was less than that, 222 or something, but anyways, he met, he reached out and he's like, "Hey man, I'm 215 now." So he slimmed down a little bit and you know, 215 obviously not a small running back. I mean, there's still a big back in college. So but he's he looked like he has slimmed down some a little bit more tone, quicker. And he has speed is the thing. His short you know, his short acceleration in terms of when he hits the hole, like it does not take him long at all to reach top speed, uh, which is is very good for a running back in terms of making explosive plays. So I just think you have two really good backs. It's it's you gotta do what you gotta do to keep him healthy. You gotta get him ready for the season this preseason, clearly, but Man, if you can roll into game one with those two backs healthy and your offensive line healthy, you gotta feel good. If you're
3: Donnie Kirkpatrick, my memory would have failed me on this one, Steven. I remember Darius Penix obviously game one last year. I remember Chase Hayden because he fumbled, right? Uh, but he played as well. But Penix had so ECU had forty-two non-QB rushes in the game, uh, thirteen for Penix, nine for Hayden harris got 12 and mitchell got eight both as true freshmen right yeah and they brought out of the gate
4: it was mainly the second half uh, i think mitchell got all of his carries in the fourth quarter when the game, when the was, game a was a little out, of, out yeah. of hand he made some plays um, oh
3: was this the game where they also instead of they they ran the ball a lot in yeah the second half. they ran the
4: ball a ton right. in the second half because they wanted to establish the run and you know I, I, and ucf was playing the pass too obviously when you're up that big so you had a few big runs late um but you know the the south florida game was really the one where those two guys broke out i don't think anybody ran well versus georgia state but rajay had the huge game against south florida and it was like
3: dang where did this guy come from and uh and he had the big run against the midshipmen on october 17th I i wanted to look that up to see you know and i guess at that point mike houston was still maybe looking for his number one or in week one or week whatever it was but week one against ucf he knows his number one and number two this year but do you still think we see is he he's a guy that's willing to play a true freshman if he thinks he can help the team
4: 100 percent. you can't just rely on two running backs so you're going to see to me you're going to see pop mckay play if he's healthy and he can handle the playbook you're going to see at least one of those walk-ons contribute so i mean i think it's definitely a case where you're going to see three to four backs weekly get snaps i mean even if you're only giving you know macy o'donnell or uh, barnes or mckay five total snaps at least you're giving both those guys a break and it's you it, listen it's very easily could happen where second series of the app state game you know whoever keaton or rajay twist an ankle or something and then you're rolling forward with one running back i mean that happens all the time with that position so you just got to be ready to go
3: all right i go don't say it was an even split who won in the plays you saw today in the trench warfare defense really i mean defense won. they had the advantage of the they fit. know it's going to be a run and everything
4: basically i mean they the, the option was there to pass but after like the first three plays where all ec did was run it became obvious that ec was going to run the ball every play so they were selling out completely to stop the run the one time ec threw the ball zach bird was wide open nobody even covered him mason garcia missed him because emmanuel hickman uh blew up walt Shriveling pretty good knocking back in garcia's face garcia threw it off his back foot and couldn't get it to bird i mean probably a throw he still should have made but definitely the defense one i was impressed by a number of guys uh, rick DeBru, we talked about it I mean, he's, he's pretty rocked up he's rocked up and he's quick uh sarahd wears a second year defensive lineman made some plays elijah morris aaron Ramsour looked good it's really good to see him healthy man he uh he just he's a tackling machine when he is healthy and going good so uh really impressed by just the defensive. The defense's ability to kind of fly through the football all over the field.
3: Shirley uh, hit Blake Harrell. Cut two. Uh, he was asked, "Have any of the guys surprised him so far?" And uh, I like his answer here.
14: You know, kind of the one person that pops in my mind. I think we got several guys first of all, uh, and the one that pops in my mind that wasn't with us last fall but was with us two years ago. Is Gerard Stringer? Um, you know, Gerard started a bunch of ball games two years ago. When I got here, it, it, you know, he got hurt that that spring. And uh, during the during the COVID, uh Achilles there, so he missed so I haven't got to see him on the on the grass. And he's been very impressive uh, so far. Really and he's really making uh Jire. Wilson, you know, competing with Jarder, pushing him to make better. So I think we got, you know, Iron Sharpen and Iron there and those two guys are pushing each other. You know, um, and then the other guys, you know, whether it's Aaron Ramser stepping stepping up and coming along, uh Dangelo McKenna inside doing a good job. Warren Save a as usual, uh, Juwan Powell in the back, you know, all those guys are doing. but those guys I kind of expect to do that. Gerard's kind of been the biggest, hey, a good surprise in a good way and really pushing and playing at a first-team level right
3: now. That is great to hear. It's also interesting. I go, this is the first time Blake Harrell's really been able to work with Gerard Stringer, right? Yeah. It's like a new player for him uh, who he was out in 2020. We saw the emergence in his absence of Jira Wilson. And now you have two guys uh, there at that position that they like a lot. I guess are they still running at the same position?
4: Yeah, as far as I know, Sam, you're having Jira Mooney or uh, Jira Stringer Mooney, which is a really good three. Uh, Jonathan Coleman, who's a walk on, who I think is is pretty valuable and pretty good, is also working there. He's a good special teams guy, so you have good depth there you have other guys that can slide down and play that position my thing is is there a way you can get gyra and gerard on the field at the same time i mean that's a lot of length you know it's a good problem to have when you're all of a sudden having a situation where, like how do we get this defensive guy on the field in the past when is it when have we ever had that conversation it's like do we have 11 guys that can play
3: two years ago you had to have stringer on the field yeah he had to play he had like nobody i can't even remember who his backup was that year i think it I don't know. Last year, you had to keep Jara on the field because he was making He was the guy. I mean, you, this year, one of those could be staying on the sideline looking at the other one.
4: The only guy that played behind Jara last year was Teagan Wilk, who was a true freshman, probably didn't really, you know, wasn't really in a position where he needed to play a whole bunch, and luckily Jara stayed healthy. But it's just such a, a better situation the ECU finds itself in now where, hey, if is not 100%, You can put in a guy who started 12 games in 2019 and and played at a pretty good level. I mean, he wasn't elite, but he was good, Gerard Stringer was. He graded out well in pro football focus that year. So, um, yeah, I mean, and at worst, now you can put Gerard Stringer on uh, special teams, and that's a starting caliber player you have playing on special teams and a guy who's a good tackler. So you, you just have so much more depth now. I mean, I just look at that safety room and I'm like, how do you decide when to rotate these guys? How do you divvy up all the reps? So it's gonna be uh it's gonna be an interesting preseason to see how it plays out with so many of those guys competing for playing time.
3: Steven Igo, Hoist the Colors, great to have you back in studio, Igo. we'll uh, talk to you again next week. Anything uh you got a ton going on right now at H T C anything yeah. in particular to plug?
4: Just a ton of our VIP practice observations where we kind of go, you know, really in depth on the personnel, who's looking good, who's working where, lots of stuff that, you know, you, you can't find, uh, you know, normally as far as coverage. We go super in depth. You know, we have all the post-practice comments from Mike Houston in written form along with audio. And, uh, you know, just continuing to roll out stories. You know, we're trying to hit different angles. Of course, we, we a lot of us media get the same things as far as interviews but we're trying to hit you know some different things different topics different angles and it's good that this year we're having more player access because we can now talk to different guys get different perspectives like it's it's really interesting to hear xavier smith's perspective on playing two different positions at one time you know he, he's basically like it's hard but i'm willing to do it for the team you know he i think it's refreshing that he admits that hey He's probably more comfortable playing inside linebacker because that's what he's done for two years now. Um, but I think if you want to get your best defensive players on the on the field, like Xavier Smith, ram Sewer, Bruce Bivens, at the same time, then you have to move them around. So we kind of hit on a lot of that stuff: photo galleries, all sorts of stuff, and recruiting. Big recruiting news, I think, coming later this month, from what I hear. So uh be on the lookout for that we've kind of touched on that in our vip recruiting thread on the
3: on the website good stuff steven appreciate it man and uh tell slater i said what's up i will i'll do that All right i'm sure he'll respond let's take a time out we will come back i tell you what charlie you want to do booty bag now let's do it right now Three, uh, let's, let's open it up at this moment
2: booty 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 everywhere booty 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 booty, booty everywhere
3: What are we giving away today?
2: I am going to give away a Hungry Pirate, courtesy Mm. of Chico's.
3: I'm hungry. That would be really good right now. All right, what call are we looking for? Caller 8. All right, we will be back. We will talk to the new head football coach at Farmville Central High School, Ron Cook, when when we return. Rejoin. That should be a word, too. We're back after this.
0: You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show.
2: Welcome back. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is. Is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then call uh, Carolina Hardscapes at 364-1201. It is the place to call, or you can stop by the Carolina Hardscapes out show. Uh, excuse me, outdoor showroom on Fire Tower Road, right across from Boston Sub Furniture. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes. And congratulations to John Moody, who picked up the Hungry Pirate courtesy of chico's grab your amigos and head to chico's enjoy your favorites like shrimp tacos steak and chicken fajitas burritos enchiladas acp and more plus ice cold cervezas and chico's famous margaritas are always available for mexican food and fun it's got to be chico's now let's head back into the shoe
3: interesting shirley earlier in the show says what does john moody know yeah he knows how to win yeah he knows how to dial a phone in your face shirley rhodes
2: Not in my face. I'm the one that controls the the, the phone. If I really didn't want John Moody to win, I could just say, oh, no, you're Caller 7. I don't know which one.
3: pulled a. You're a winner. Who is this? John Moody.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, we had
3: to, we caller number nine.
2: Oh wait, hold on, hold on a second. What what caller was that? Caller eight. Oh no, I'm sorry, John. It was actually caller ten. I was actually looking for.
3: Charlie has integrity. She would never do such a thing. John Moody. A- I
2: have made a mistake where I did call for a caller ten, but in my brain I was thinking caller eight, and I'd have made that mistake, but not not today
9: john mooney a p1 listener and our eyes in the sky when it comes to practices going by practice saying practice 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 all right let's
3: uh let's talk some high school football and talk to the new head football coach of the Farmville central jaguars he is ron cook who joins us for the first time here on pirate radio live on the fixed and live line coach appreciate your time how you doing
11: I'm doing well Cliff Thank you for reaching out Really appreciate the opportunity
3: Yes sir Looking forward to A, uh, a fall football season uh, We had uh, Some interesting times uh, Of course in the spring Playing football A very short off season And we'll discuss that But but first coach Let's get to know you uh, A little bit Before you got to Farmville Central uh, Of course you were uh, over at Pamlico, what can you give us your background uh, as, a, as a football guy, as a football coach, and everything you've done kind of leading up to this Formal Central job?
11: Uh, well, I guess uh, I'd have to kind of start at the beginning. Um, as far as my football background, I was raised in uh, New Jersey, uh, Montclair, you know, in, in Montclair High School, where I went to school and graduated from. We uh, very rich football tradition there uh won the state championship, been to three state championships in a row, you uh, know, while I was in high school, won two of them. Um, and that's just, I guess, part of where my background comes from there is just we've always been in a winning program, having a winning mindset, and, and how to build those championship-type programs. And from there, I went on to play Virginia Tech and uh, for three years in my last year, finished up at the University of Delaware, played there, and then immediately got into coaching right after high school. I'm excuse me, right after college, I started in, uh, coaching high school and then went on to coach uh, a few years in college um, at a couple of D2 schools and uh, D3, D3 school at Monaco State University where I got my first start in college football. Um, and then from there, just landed in North Carolina, coached a little bit in Texas for two years. Um, after I got my first head coaching job at Red Springs High School, uh, I was there for three years. Then I had a buddy that got a job in Texas, he had an opportunity, he needed some help, and hired me, and, and needed uh, strength and conditioning coordinator, special teams coordinator, so he hired me there, and uh, it was an opportunity to go coach football in Texas, so it wasn't really tell him no, <laughs> and I ended up coming back just because, it's just, you know, being from Jersey, my wife's from Virginia, we just didn't have any family out there at all, and, uh, you know, the only way we see family there's death is just by getting on a plane, so it's really the only reason we never came back this way. And that's when I ended up at Pamlico uh, County. Uh, just Had an opening and applied there, and uh, we had a, a decent uh, run there. I was only there for two seasons um, before, you know, seeing this opportunity at Farmville Central, and uh, that's that's where I am now.
3: Quite a journey, Ron Cook, joining us on the Fixed NC Live line. Coach football has taken you a, a lot of different places, uh, as you said just there. At, at what point did you know? It, you wanted to, to get into the coaching aspect of it and that was gonna become your life. Was that when you were a player there at uh, at Virginia Tech or you know, once you uh once you got out of school?
11: Well I've always in my life, even you know, in college we're still trying to find out what we want to do with our lives. I think uh initially when I went to college I thought I wanted to be major in accounting. That's just because I think one of my dad's friends making a lot of money. And then I saw how much math more math you gotta do. So that was what helped me. Uh then but I, I did always have a passion for working with kids. I knew I wouldn't do something like that. I even looked into being a school counselor. Uh, but yeah, in the coaching part, uh, I always tell everyone the first, I think, time that it, it got, uh, you know, I got the coaching bug of five little knees when I, you know, I had a break to come home from school during the fall when I was redshirted, and I went to see my little cousin play in the uh, Pop Warner League, and and I'm watching the trips that they're doing, and some of which I did when I was playing at that age, and... Didn't make sense, and I'm thinking myself because of what I've learned and what I'm being taught at, at a Division One school is like I can I can do this and I can help these kids out more than that and actually give them something to learn. That's that's when I knew I probably wanted to coach. And then, like I said, right after you know college, I immediately got into one of my my position coaches from high school as a head coach at that time, and uh, he gave me my first you know my first job and opportunity to be on his staff as a as special teams coordinator, help with strength conditioning, and I was coaching uh, linebackers.
3: And coach, according to the uh, the page I'm looking at, it says you had received offers from uh, Virginia Tech, Iowa, Wisconsin, and the U uh, down in Miami. What was uh, what do you remember about your recruitment there in, in the '90s to those big time schools?
11: Uh, I'll, be, I'll be honest. I got a letter from the U. They didn't officially offer. <laughs>
8: okay. So
11: I'll be I'll be honest. With you. I, I might have. I mean, it wasn't like like it looks. It looks good now seeing. Uh, was well, the 30-for-30s, 30 30, looking back, probably would have definitely considered, but no, they, they never they never offered me. So I just said I can't get letters from them. And uh, it, it was just recruiting back then, a lot, I, it's funny now my kids ask me, what star, how many stars did I say, We didn't have stars. <laughs> I, said, I was just uh, late, you know, late 90s, it's just, you know, they looked at film and they thought you was good, and, you know, you got offered. Um, you know, Max Press and all that wasn't, wasn't really a thing back then. Um, so, in my recruitment, I was one of the first in my immediate family to go to college, uh, especially playing football. And so, you know, my parents and, and I didn't really know much about the process, and Virginia Tech offered me, I remember the end of my junior year, my head coach came, you know, see me in the cafeteria doing lunch and said, um, and, you know, he wanted to talk to me, he said, Virginia Tech was just offered you a scholarship. And I said, that's, that's good, uh, Virginia Tech. <laughs> so, <laughs> like it is now, but um, I have family in Virginia, in Farmville, Virginia, so, and, and that's to see how God works, how that comes around. I actually have family in Farmville, Virginia, and um, that's, that was not far from Tech at all, so I'll stay you know, with them. My parents and I would drive down, stay with my family in Farmville, and go take a couple of official visits that summer at Virginia Tech, and what really uh, brought me in is just meeting with um, Coach Foster and just how fast he was about dealing. I'm energetic, the type of guy, the type of player I was and I am. Uh, as a coach, it's just the energy that he brought, just talking. Like, he wasn't even coaching, he just talking to me about the defense and, you know, where I'd possibly be playing and things like that. So, by the end of the summer, I ended up committing to my recruiting. And it uh, was kind of short, you know, and I and I honored my, my commitment. You know, we didn't have Twitter or anything back then. So, I just, you know, wasn't putting it out and all that So. I had a couple of schools come in later, in West Virginia, and, and I i was actually around for a while, but, um, you know, once I committed, that was it for me, and I, I didn't even take my five visits. Uh, I committed, I wanted to get over it and focus on my senior year, because you know, I had a goal to win the state championship. We lost my junior year, and it stuck with me, you know, the you know, that, that morning after until, you know, I got the win in my senior year, so.
3: Ron Cook joining us, head coach at Farmville Central, coach. Before we get to your Jaguars, uh, I'm I'm trying to to think about the uh, how it lines up. I remember going to the Thursday night East Carolina Virginia Tech game, Michael Vick versus David Garrard. I don't know. Where, did you have any run-ins with the Pirates during your career? Were you around uh, during that time?
11: Yes, I was. I was. I played in that game. Yeah, and, and Gerard was a big one of the biggest they <laughs> ever tried to tackle. And you can move and be that side. So that was it. That was our Thursday night game at yep. Um, and, and funny enough, I played a little bit of, uh, at that time, I, I've been moved to, you know, in high school, I was recruited as outside linebacker, but at, at Tech after my freshman freshman year, I moved to defensive end. And I guess that was kind of a sign of my, I mean, where I would be coaching-wise, because I was able to play all four positions in the defensive line. And I wasn't recommended at 235 <laughs> You know, deep tackle, but um, it helped me get playing time because uh, coaches can move me in any one of the four positions on the line. So I said that because at that game, I, I played a little bit of deep tackle, you know, with 300 pounds in front of me, and, and, you know, along with some uh, reps in defensive end. So.
3: And uh, we can tell people that uh, the Pirates held Michael Vick to like 125 passing yards, but the bad news is the Hokies scored 45. You, you guys scored a, a special teams touchdown. That was the M.O. What was, what was it like being part of Beamer Ball? And, you know, you, you could say it's a cliche, but, man, you guys would score on special teams just about every week.
11: Well, it's a huge emphasis of where I'm at now as far as – where I've always been, to be honest, with my foundation and, and philosophies and coaching uh especially in high school, I'm huge on special teams because of Coach Beer and how uh, you know our practices were run there. And, and Coach Beamer, you really only heard him speak three times, you know, in a practice, before practice and the practice, and the one time when he would actually come down and, and really be involved in coaching was during special teams practice. Mm. And that that has made you know, was always a huge impact, you know, for me. And, and again, it stuck with me. Um, throughout my career, when I coach, I've always been involved in special teams. Every school I've been at, I've been a part of. Every program I've coached with, uh, like I said we in, in, uh, in one of my uh, titles in, in Texas. I was special teams coordinator, in the strength of this school, and We had some really good special teams. Uh, you know, we had we scored a lot of touchdowns in Texas. And to be honest, in my over my career, in the last. So, yeah, I, can, like, I can't remember a season where we didn't block apart punt, yeah. score, and kick off the terms in the past couple of seasons. It's one of the teams that I've been a uh, part of. So, and that's due to, like I said, my foundation in being part of Virginia
8: Tech and, and Coach Beamer's uh, special
3: team philosophy. Ron Cook joining us on the Fixed NC Live Line. Coach, Farmville Central, uh, great football tradition, but has been down uh, in recent years, and you know, b- before you start winning on the field, you, you, I've heard coaches talk about this. You've got to develop that culture. You got to develop the practice habits uh, before you can get the, um, the the wins on Friday night. So, how have you kind of gone about doing that, Coach? Uh, focusing on the little things with your guys to hopefully build up to success in the long run.
11: Well, we've been we've been out here again getting to some kind of normalcy since uh, June June third, just after June third, my first time coming down here after I've been hired and working during the summer. So, and I will say that they, they've picked on it pretty fast. Um, uh, they found out also pretty quickly, you know, uh, type of coach I am as far as philosophy and, and just doing things the right way, um, you know, doing things, you know, fast, you know, this one, this, that's one of our is being fast, physical and finishing everything we do. Um, and like you said, just learning how to practice, um, with efficiency, learning how to practice to prepare for games, and they—they go they their first week. i you know, I'll be honest, the first week was a little tough for them because it's just things that they've, they've never done before. It's just a different way and how we're doing things. As far as you know, the pace in which we practice with, um, even in the weight room, the pace that we move around in the weight room, uh, get set up, you know, for different exercises, get you know, get cleaned up afterwards. It's just—it's just an attitude. And I always say, culture. You know, there's a big buzzword. And Coach talk, Coach speaking in the community, especially the football community. Uh, but I always say, and I, I told them my first day, the culture is just not, you know, what you say you do, but how you do it. And it's the biggest thing. They're learning how we're going to do things to, to be champions and to bring the winning culture back to, you know, Farnsville Central Football.
3: Coach, one more. I'll let you run. Uh, who are some of the players that you're seeing day in, day out of practice that you're excited to see on the field on Friday nights? Who are some of the guys you'll be counting on uh, this fall?
11: Oh, we've got a lot of, uh, I think we have a lot of skilled guys that, that will be able to make plays for us, uh, that will be able to put some points on the board, um, along with um, you know, some, some linemen. But you know, one of the skill guys that sticks out a lot to me, this team, is Malachi Wolf. Uh, he's very quick. Uh, he seems to have a lot of speed. and you know, We're going to find out you know, start to find out for sure tomorrow in our first scrimmage at Riverside Heights at 6.30. Chain so, uh, this plug. But uh, uh, Malachi will probably be a big player for us. we got a good quarterback battle going on right now uh, between the junior and the sophomore. The sophomore is Landon Barnes. The junior is uh, Brandon Knight. Uh, Sean Brock will be a good player for us, both sides of the ball. He's a 6'2", 6'3", receiver in in safety. And then offensive line, defensive lineman, uh, Jaden Sexton. It was actually his first time playing this past spring as a sophomore. And uh, I think he's, he's going to be, after this season, he may start to hear his name and know his name a little bit more. And um, there's, there's several other guys you know, that possibly get. We'll find out for sure tomorrow night when we actually get to see some other competition that we get to go up against.
3: That's great uh, scrimmage this week, and the real thing uh, beginning next Friday night, Farmville Central uh, Football, twenty twenty one. Coach, uh, we'll let you run. I- I'm just curious, and you were a-, a tremendous athlete talking about your uh, playing football there at Virginia Tech. Have you uh, just curious? Have you tried to get on the basketball court with any of those guys there in Farmville? It's a basketball factory over there. Could you hang with the with the high school kids?
11: I'll be honest, at this point, the only reason I say no is I can't jump as soon as as much as I used to. I had a pretty good vertical, as James said, and that's definitely not the same anymore. (laughs) Uh, So uh, maybe half court, I may have a chance. I I know the game a little better Mentally, I'll be able to it, but no, I'm not running full court
8: with anybody, no more,
3: especially that. Age. <laughs> Ron, uh, great to get to know you, man. I appreciate you joining us here on Pirate Radio, and uh, we'll keep in touch. We'll talk to you again during the season. But best of luck this year, year one at Farmville Central, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road.
11: Thank you very much. Bill. I really appreciate you having me.
3: Again. There it is, there it is Ron Cook, the head football coach of Farmville Central talk about coaches you know winning the interview and, and winning the press conference that's the first time i've had an opportunity to talk to them uh Shirley farmville central struggling right now within their football program you never know how it's going to turn out but i'm going to say just based off that and others i've talked to i think uh farmville central made a great hire uh, for their head football coach i really liked uh talking to ron there
2: yeah, I was, uh, like you, this is the first time I'm actually hearing, uh, you know, what he has to say as far as coming in and taking over the football program. And and so far, I'm impressed. And, you know, sometimes you need to kind of, and not that there's anything wrong with staying local, but, you know, the, the past few uh, head football coaches that Farmville Central has had, Um, have been local guys and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that because you know the kids a lot of them and especially in a town like Farmville everybody knows everybody pretty much and so you know at some point you're going to cross paths with some of those kids that are going to eventually you know come up the ranks and play high school football so there's that camaraderie there but every once in a while it's not a bad idea to bring somebody who is new to the area and bring in uh some uh, a fresh perspective and uh, i think that's what he brings and i'm pretty interested to see how things play out this season
3: yeah it makes it a unique hire in that way kind of an outside hire where you go out of the jags family so yeah. to speak somebody yeah. that has no ties to the program and to uh to farm bull and sometimes you need those fresh eyes so We'll see. Uh, Hopefully it works out uh, for the Jags coming up this year and beyond. All right, we'll get another break in. We'll come back. We'll have more Pirate Radio Live for you here on a uh, Tuesday. Back with you after this.
0: You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sug Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome
2: back. Quality equipment is your full service. John D dealer with 28 locations to serve you. Quality Equipment is open in Winterville next to Sam's Club or visit QualityEquip.com to find the location near you. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock.
3: Alright, back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. I saw and I saw uh, No Fun League trending today and I guess that was in regards to, um, I saw a tweet where apparently one of the things the nfl is going to try to crack down on in 2021 is uh taunting and they are going to be uh throwing out more penalties for taunting and looking for taunting and i mean as, as a fan there is nothing that fires me up more than if chase young would sling dak prescott to the ground point at him scream like i would be going crazy at my house watching that maybe it's not the best thing but like i don't know let so them let they... them talk let them react let them have fun let them it
9: fires me up watching the game so should they just quit celebrations altogether
3: well there's you can still it's, you know the old don't show up the opponent you oh.
9: there's going to be so many times this is going to go so wrong because there's going to be so many times where they think that they're not that they're taunting when they were not directing anything towards that team they times? might just be they might get up from a big hit and maybe spin the ball or you know, now like dbs
3: that. are guilty of this they over celebrate an incomplete pass like they actually did something but there's going to be a time where they knock a pass away on a third down They stand up. The receiver stands up at the same time. The defender does the incomplete sign, and he's looking at the guy. Flag, 15 yards, first down.
2: Well, then make it a reviewable play if that's what you're going to – you know what I'm saying? I mean, this is stupid. This is stupid. It's a professional football league. If I am a professional defensive player and I lay the wood on you, you best believe I'm going to stand right in front of you. You okay, man?
3: Get stand, on up, man. Standing over top of a guy, like I don't know. I I think it adds to the the fun when I watch a football game.
2: I, I absolutely want, do. Now, look, I want
3: my guys to hate the other team as much as I do.
2: Exactly. Now, look, if we're talking about like a Pop Warner game, okay, no. I don't want you taunting. Yeah. But, you know, this is a professional league where the players are paid to play. You are paid to Basically, lay the wood lay the wood and take out the other opponent so yeah celebrate
3: if it Taunt turns if
2: you have to i would sit right there and make all sorts of things in front of you
3: if you got dumbasses like norman and odell launching their helmets at each other like right. missiles then that, ba- then find them throw them out whatever but just talking yeah, I mean, you know, that game. It's a
2: game. Of, you, they trash talk each other all the time. You
9: know, that game, you know, we love the chippiness of football. Yes. But I remember watching that game as a senior in high school. That actually was very scary, the way those two acted in that it game. It was. It was scary. I would say mostly
3: Beckham, right? Because,
9: yeah, Beckham was going at it the whole time. And then, you know, he took a. He literally, like, lunged, lunged in, like, like a torpedo at Josh Norman's head. Yeah. Like, things got – it was to the point where I was sitting there, and I remember thinking, this is getting out of – like, this is insane. This is crazy. Yeah, but,
2: yeah, but that's just improper technique.
9: But
3: also,
11: that's, that's that no, going – no, I mean, no, no,
2: no, no. No, no, no. What it I'm saying it, is – There was
3: no technique. That it was, was
2: just they were ticked off at each other. Yeah. They, they got into each other's uh, heads, and they just started going at it. That's completely different. To me, that's basically a fight. I'm talking about when you, you know – make a solid tackle, or you break up a pass, or you, you know, whatever the case may be, and you want to celebrate, and you want to kind of let the other guy know, hey, I beat you on this one. I don't have a problem with that. Now, when they're going at each other and, you know, launching at each other and that type of thing, that's taking it too far, but the, the taunting part of it it, as far as trash talking and, and, and making gestures, I don't have a problem with that.
3: And like, and what does that mean, too? Like, I like when a guy like uh, Antonio Gibson last year on Thanksgiving, running in a touchdown, looks back at two Cowboys guys and does, Wait, lo- does, does a little, does does a little, does a little wave.
2: wave. Oh, there's nothing I wrong with that. I running around the I house, man. Nothing wrong with One that. One of the
3: coolest touchdowns ever was Deshaun Jackson, who's been an idiot at the goal line before, but he has a uh, long touchdown catch and run against the Cowboys. And he goes right to the goal line, turns around... And just falls back. Spreads his arms out and, and falls, falls back. Out. Yeah. Nothing know, wrong with that. the coolest
9: thing ever. It looks so cool. Now, uh,
3: nothing
2: t- nothing now wrong Terrell that.
9: Owens running back to the star, that's a little different.
2: That, no, I don't find that different.
9: I
3: mean... Uh, the Cowboys policed it themselves. Uh, George Teague went out there and knocked the crap out of them.
2: Yeah, he did. <laughs> and see, uh, you know, uh, it, well, how about it's a physical guy? game.
3: Yeah, you're right. Too much dancing after touchdowns.
2: I have no problem with that. You just said it was
3: different. <laughs> you just said that was too much. Cam did like 10-minute performances. Were you Was that upsetting no, 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 for no. you? Terrell Owens you the Tennessee ran 50 mom? yards to the, to the star, dude. <laughs> Are you the Tennessee mom that complained about Cam dancing at the Titans game?
9: is that you karen no
0: I don't, I don't even know what
9: you're talking about but no i never, didn't mind that oh look i didn't mind look we're talking about terrell owens running sprinting 50
3: yards I know, I know. And,
9: and standing oh, on the it was star was definitely
3: too much i'm glad the cowboys did something about it
9: but uh I, the thing you know i did i loved cam's you know theatrics i loved it a lot of people didn't obviously but the thing about cam newton is that he was such a sore loser, man. And when things didn't go his way, he was so grumpy. And yeah. I was like, dude, f- you know, two two drives ago, you were dancing, <laughs> acting like a fool. And now you've got the towel on top of your head yeah. looking like someone died in your family. you gotta, you got to be able to take it if you dish right, it. Right, exactly. That the... was the only problem I had with Cam. By well, the way, Cam looking good in pa- uh, Patriots. Uh, yeah. Who
2: was the guy that... Uh... See, here's the thing. It, you could almost literally try to take the taunting to into the area of touchdown celebrations because technically that's, that's what taunting mean.
9: that's what i was saying yeah I,
2: I mean you're talking about guys that are you know like when uh, the uh raiders had that one touchdown where as a matter of fact i believe it was they that caught that uh touchdown pass where it was like a a bowling like, like they acted like they were bowling pins i don't and think they celebrations will
9: be a problem
2: well see and that but that but if you think about it that is a level of taunting yeah. well, so you have to define
3: more what the standing they, over a guy you tackled and right. getting in the face
2: and no all. you that, should you should if your job is to tackle somebody okay. and knock them to the ground Look, if I'm the one that my mm-hmm. job is to knock somebody, to, let's say I'm I'm you know a linebacker and I just get a wallop of a hit, I'm gonna stand over you. I tell you what, hey, though, guess what? I earned my paycheck today.
9: Mike up segments are not are not going to be as fun because I mean, is is taunting going to be where they kind of chuck you out of bounds and you know they're talking on the way back to the? Again, yeah, I other. think
3: they'll still allow some talk. There might not even be anything to this. It might be like when they said when you lower the crown of your helmet as a runner. And and you initiate know, the contact. Initiate contact we're going to throw a flag. They never throw a flag for that. It yeah. happens every game, twenty times. So it might be one of those things where they just say they're going to do it and not do
9: it. So was the taunting? Was taunting not? Were they missing out on taunting in the in previous years? I feel like they've done a good job of. Is there you know, a big outcry
3: that they need to throw more flags on taunting? No, I don't, I don't
2: understand. They should have eliminated that rule altogether.
3: All right, there you go. That, Tri- is, that is Shirley's Shirley Shirley is old school. Shirley and Redbeard.
2: What is football? It's two groups of people. Two little butt cheeks. <laughs> two little butt cheeks trying to kill each other over a little tiny ball.
3: By the way, Hard Knocks debuts tonight. Oh, nice. So go for go. it. All right, we will see you Wednesday, 3 o'clock, for an all-new edition of Pirate Radio Live. Don't forget, big announcement coming up Wednesday at noon. It begins at noon. Be ready. Be ready. Be on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It is a big deal. Uh, We're doing here at Pirate Radio for the first time ever. That'll be announced at noon on
0: Wednesday. We'll see you at 3 o'clock on Wednesday on Pirate Radio Live. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.